West West Show. Grinding, nah. Like it hasn't stopped. We haven't come off the gas, so yeah, that's yeah. what I see. Where you know, like to me, it's like very. You like, I always need. Uh, we gotta get a room. We gotta get. <laughs> there's no one else <laughs> working like like the also here. He's working hard for West Auckland. Mm-hmm. I love that. But there's no one waving the KB flag as high as what you are doing right now. Oh, brothers, thank you, Marshall. Straight. It's thank bigger you, than it's bigger than ourselves. Thank you, know you Marshall. Nah, nah. Nice. Just proud, eh? To be one. To be Wait, one I'm like proud when I see when I saw your photo of Louie. Like, I threw in my my single. <laughs> I threw the sound in my single. <laughs> that's what I mean. It's like <laughs> if you like see like and I love that you wear the kids' names, your names, like the names. Yeah, like yeah. see me, I all my stuff, all my KB kids always got the either kids, the, yeah. the the Ranui name, Ranui. my village name. You know, always do that. Like mm. that, that's not flexing. You know? That's the sort of like just representing our brotherhood that's all it is you know <laughs> however people pick from it yeah that's it <laughs> the mayor of Mangele, yo the new mayor over there okay <laughs> i think i don't think my ear is it on are we supposed to like hear each other on our earphones or on our headphones yeah it should be clear you should be able to hear yourself just the one too Oh yeah, just do one, 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 two. Yeah, sicky, <laughs> sicky. So you're the expert of all this. So <laughs> <laughs> first things first, man. How's Samoa, man? So you um, little uh, broadcasting over there for oh, man. for Sam- the radio station. <laughs> yeah, uh, Samoa is always is always good. It's always beautiful, and it's always a highlight, you know, of uh, any trips, you know, going back home. Mm. Uh, especially seeing my family, uh, where I grew up, and uh, just reflecting back, and just going back to my roots, and you know, just just uh, being around and surrounded by my family. That's uh, that's always a highlight. Beautiful, because mm-hmm. you know, because the parade was going on <laughs> over there, mm-hmm. and uh, we were watching it on our social medias, on our phones, and all of that. Mm. And, like, it sort of for me anyway. It sort of like snuck up on me. Because there was a big gap between parades, yeah. And I always thought when they won, or when when they when they beat England, mm-hmm. but they made the final, that they were always going to do a parade, you know, to, yeah. to, to celebrate mm-hmm. making the final of the World Cup. But I always thought to myself at that time they should be at Samoa doing it for the first time. Yeah. yeah. But they went to Australia first. Now they did their one in Sydney. In Sydney, yeah. yeah. First thing. Samoa couldn't wait to um to welcome you know the boys, and I guess um. Uh, when they actually got to see them in person and um, and and celebrate, you know, uh, with them, I think it was a different feeling as well. Like for me, I was part of the parades here as well, and being in Samoa and celebrating with our people back home, it was also a different feeling. Um, was that the atmosphere was um, on another level, especially having our prime minister, you know. On the stage with all the officials, the government, the the yeah, yeah. That's so exactly it, man. Just yeah, present now and like yeah, the fifty hours, you know, yeah, all the government officials were like up on the stage, 
and for me, um, just the way how how they look up to um, to our players and what they've achieved and how they've put Samoa on a on a map, you know. So for me, I was like, man, this is different, you know, compared to our parades here mm. in Auckland and, and in Sydney. Mm. Mm. So before you went, because you went for work, huh? that they your work told mm. you are oh, you gonna go and yeah, like, um, what was that? What, what happened in the beginning? Were they were they gonna make a team up and you're gonna hit it or something? Yeah. So when I so after the parades in Mangere and Otara, um, I the back of my of my mind. Um, I just secretly, you know, I prayed, you know, to God, you know, I was like, please God, take me home, please, you know, find, you know, find a way. I was like, um, it, it would be um, a highlight for me, just being part of the all the parades and the celebrations campaign. It would be very nice if I could be there, you know, just um, you know, celebrating with the boys and and bringing live coverage and updates for our people here. But um, the Monday, uh, it wasn't until Christmas Day on Sunday. I um I got a text from one of the sponsors just to say hey so Merry Christmas and hope um and see you see you here when when you come and I said oh I'm not coming I couldn't didn't get a sponsor um and he was shocked and I was like, oh what you know are you, you're not coming so like you know to 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 cover the the event and I said nah and he said look um look up some airfares and hotels and then get back to me slowly I thought I was he was joking eh. And then I looked up the affairs, sent him the, the itinerary, and then not even an hour later, I got a ticket in my, my messenger. And got a ticket in my messenger, um, and then I had to uh, contact um, Radio 531 PI and try and sort out some, uh, you know, um, some support as well, like, you know, in terms of accommodation, allowance, and stuff like that. And, and PMN was quite happy that I was going. And and that our Pacific Easy Money, uh, which is one of the Tosa more major sponsors, was on board as well, uh, bringing me home to uh, yeah to uh, to bring live updates and coverage. And I was I don't, I don't know the feeling at the time was like um, surreal for me. And I just you know went on my my knees and thank God for for bringing all these people into my life, you know, and and making this. Um, it was actually a dream. Because I really wanted to, to go home, but I didn't know how to because I'm not rich, you know, I don't have all the money in the world. But I uh, just thank God for bringing the right people in my life to, to make things happen, you know, for me, for his glory. Um, just like that, Monday I got the ticket, Wednesday flew out, and I got the the permission from the wife as well. As well. <laughs> it's good that you mentioned her also because, man, I was speaking to myself, bro, this guy has got a beautiful small family, man, and bro, you're Mrs. Bro. Honestly, <laughs> like I said, I don't follow many people on social media. Yeah, but man, does he? You're going by yourself. I was like, this guy's going by himself. <laughs> yeah, it's What's all about business teamwork. Trip, business trip. Huh? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's about teamwork. We saw, um, mm. and it's about working together to, um, you know, to, to support each other's careers and, you know, and make sure that um, I do the same for my wife as well. Um, I sometimes I you know I babysit the kids and she goes out you know to her um, conferences and trips work trips as well. She does the same for me. Um, I know how feelings because it's all part of work. It's not like I'm going over to holiday on my own by myself, yeah. but uh, you know as part of my calling you know from God and she understands that you know she believes in that um, that broadcasting as as really my calling from God and it's a way for me to reach out to our people. Um, you know, on as a broadcaster, so it's good to have her on my side, also. Yeah, yeah it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful to follow, man. Mm. It is, honestly. 
Yeah, because you know this guy, he was he was je- he was jealous. He was he was into <laughs> the past podcast. So, man, this guy had to show his. Um, He's already been mentioned <laughs> from the last podcast. Now I was like, shall I? Yeah, did you see Mr. T at the back? <laughs> see, <laughs> but now it's good to see you waving the KB flag. Was that mm. that that for me yeah. says a lot about the work that you've done for the mm. community for all of all of the sign ones around the world? Because like without you know those camera angles and those interviews. Mm. You know, imagine we go back in a time where it was just still newspapers. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The fun's gone, right? But we're, now we're, we're like, still yeah, and now we're like live. That's it's right. like we're alive. Like yeah. it felt like we were there. Mm. I was there with you. Mm. It's like I just love seeing like because you always get nice and close. There's some that do the TV free news yeah. and back in there. It's only the stage is like fifty meters away. But to see you and like see everyone in the background when I saw Fiamme sit on the stage on your shot, I was like, mm. this guy's like right up the front. It's beautiful to see. Yeah. So I love that. You know, education is, is will always be part of uh, anyone's journey, and I um, I can never forget where uh, where education started from, you know, from back home. I started from within your family, from your Sunday school, uh, your church, your village, going on to a primary school, intermediate, and then college. You know, at Kelston Boys, and I think uh, you know the bond um, at Kelston Boys really helped me. Um, sort of like um, uh, in in terms of uh, confidence, to be honest, because I came from Samoa, very limited English, and I was never seen as um, as a fob. You know, I was never, never, ever judged by the boys um, at school. And I think that was the most beautiful thing about uh, being surrounded by uh, you know brothers like you know Lady and them. It's the um, Ranui affiliation. The Ranui, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Affiliation. Yeah, I mean, I was. I guess I felt that way, mm. and. And that's why I have a very strong, um, you know, alufa and, um, you know, for KOB, especially Aria, you know, um, the class of 2002, even though um, Lily and some of the boys had to repeat. <laughs> <laughs> I was part of the dumb storytelling crew. They only for rugby. They, they didn't have to repeat only for, for rugby, but I had to leave, you know, too. Um, but yeah, that's why I, I hold KOB, uh, you know, dear to my heart, because I can never um, forget where... Um, I was, I actually felt, um, you know, being uh, supported uh, by New Zealand born, mm. to be very honest. And it's something that I struggled with when I moved to um, Australia. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, New Zealand and Australia are different, but um, um, I was, you know, I was being labelled and called, you know, you know, oh, you're fresh, you know, you're, you're far. But yeah, I understand. My English wasn't good, but when I came here um, and attended uh, Kelston Boys, it was it was different. You know, I was accepted as who I am, mm-hmm. um, and the boys understood. You know, with my English, they found uh, they you know they they had ways to communicate with me on the field, you know, in classrooms, um, and at school, and, and even school events and stuff. Um, yeah. They were, they were just like me, to be very honest. Mm. That word, um, Paul Bay, if it would be fresh off the boat, that's a old word, you know? There was, because yeah. you know, these kind of things, when you think about racism mm. nowadays, like back then when we were kids or when we were growing up, never, we never, we never knew what that was, you know? We just take what we get, I think. And yeah. I think that, because when I was young, man, I heard that word too, when I was young. Mm. Um, you're involved in that. Well, you're fresh, and man, I just that, that's a word that I don't know how, where it started, but it's been around for a long time. Mm. Yeah, I think the referral to the banana boat, eh? The <laughs> green boat. Yeah, it's a referral to the green banana boat. Mm. The the boat they used to move bananas from Samoa to Fiji. Oh, oh. yeah, because oh, okay. I heard that 
when I interviewed my uncle one day. Oh, hey. And he referred to the green, yeah, banana. But oh. So it was around when your uncle was young? Yeah, that was like going back to the 70s. Oh. Mm. And mm. he's the first wave of Tokolans that came. Mm. Mm. That's yeah. where that reference was from. Mm. Shucks, man. So, man, so you grew up in Samoa and then went to Australia and then came here. Was that your, was that your journey? Sorry, Growing up in Samoa and yeah. then going to Australia? Yeah, coming here. Yeah, so uh, I was born and raised in Samoa, and I left Samoa when I was fourteen. Um, I was adopted, you know, by my auntie, my family in Australia. Um, I spent two, three years in Australia before I came here, mm. um, and I was uh, with my auntie um, that I lived with in Ranui. Asked me uh, which school do you want to go to. I said, Calston Boys. Um, how, come, only, how come you said uh, that? Like, what was the? I I heard a lot about Kelston boys. You, you can know, name drop us. You can oh, name drop us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did my uh, a bit of a research, you know, asking around, you know, um, what school um, I should go to, and plus, um, one of my cousins at the time was um, going to Kelston boys. Um, mm. My uso Emmett Talopapa. Yeah, uh, he was a mean uh, volleyball player, eh? Um, and yeah, so I, I actually started training for rugby before. I was accepted into the school, to be honest. Mm. And I remember my first training with the boys. Oh, my God. <laughs> was it Mixed level. Mixed level, man. Corners. They were like, coming for me. <laughs> hey. oh, there's an Aussie guy. They, they were coming for me. I got yeah, I got knocked out in the nose on my, um, you know, in, uh, my first day at training. But I was still waiting for uh, um, my enrollment to be accepted. Oh, true. So I started training with the boys uh, before, <laughs> before I was accepted into the school. Yeah. Um, so here, um, finished um, school in 02, um, then went to uni. I was actually uh, accepted to uh, uh, to join a police force. Remember at the time uh, how we had like career days uh, with Mr. Parson and um, the police, you know. Yeah, that's the expo. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they were looking for uh, more Pacifica police um, officers. And... Um, and I set the test, you know, 03, beginning of 03, um, passed. And then um, I called my old man uh, to say, uh, you know, uh, I need your blessings. Uh, I'm going to go down to the college. Surely. No, you know, I got a no, big no from my old man. Um, that's because, um, you know, their their generation is different. Uh, there's a cycle, you know, from our parents, you know, their generation is all about when you finish high school or college, university is your is your next journey, is your next destination. And so I didn't hesitate to, and I didn't, uh, you know, refuse, um, you know, what my dad wanted me to do. And um, I still believe that if you, uh, if you don't obey your, if you disobey your dad, then you, you know, something, you know, there's consequences. And so I um, forgot about going down to the college, police college, and decided to uh, um, go down to um, into, uh, attend uh, uni, mm. Auckland Uni. Uh, finished, uh, yeah, after three years, um, I didn't muck around to be honest, and I wanted to finish uh, <laughs> after three years, uh, finish my BA. And then um, um, I, um 07, I did uh, honours, uh, postgrad in um, PA honours, finished that, and then 2008, I was fiapokoi. Fiapokoi. <laughs> I really thought I could do like uh, two, three jobs and studying uh, full time, but I um, I couldn't. So I had to withdraw uh, from uni and just focus on 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 work. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta give you credit also because 
like I said, man, there's not many guys I follow, but like I know your humble beginnings, like you know from when you came to NZ. Mm. So when I said to you, like, because we played, we played rugby together, we played twenty ones together, yeah. and like even even non played, like our team was predominantly custom, but this guy was finishing shifts, so he, he did a bit of security, so he did a bit of that shift work, and he was coming to the games and playing. That is unheard of, right? <laughs> like, as 21-year-olds, as yeah. kids, still where you're trying to do juggle uni, like we talk about the, the pressures that kids are having today, but, like, this guy was living proof of it back in the day, like, you know? <laughs> and that's going back, what, five years ago, wait? Five 21, under 21? Did you have to um, juggle church as well? Because Did you have to juggle church, going to church as well? Because, you know, last episode, yeah, talking yeah. to um, Southport about um, church and commitments with, with kids and sports Ch- and that. Yeah. Yeah. This is a lot, eh? But you've had a lot on your plate, huh? It's work, yeah. work, yeah. school. Work, school, mm. um, church as well. Um, I can never forget uh, Ranui AOG, uh, you know, the boys, the two brothers, um, the Kurini, the Kurinis, and, um, and they they really helped plant that seed um, in me that um, wherever you go, you should always have... Um, what do you call it? You know, those four dimension of life, um, the you know, spiritual, um, physical, mental health, uh, mental well-being and, and culture. Um, and so for me, uh, growing up in Samoa, uh, I really believed in those four dimension of your life. And Ranui, AOG, uh, planted that seed, uh, the faith, you know, and also um uh, our fellowship, you know, at school, you know, with uh, Andrew Sinuula and them taking the lead, uh, Junior Toto as yeah. well. It was powerful. Eh? It was At powerful. We yeah. had a lot of boys we were lost, eh? Yeah. Like a lot of boys we were lost, man. If we weren't, if we weren't drinking yeah. or like wagging school, the boys were doing fellowship, man. And yeah. that's what carried like a lot of the lost boys, eh? Yeah. But the boys, yeah. they couldn't feel like they couldn't connect at home, man. Felt like were, it was too much. It was too much. You know, you're right. Was and, that a school uh, thing or did you guys just... No, it was the boys. The boys. Oh, the themselves, yeah. Oh, that's cool, Right, because yeah. yeah, pressure back then as an eighteen-year-old, like right. a seventeen-year-old, like it was like when training's too much, like you know you just need an outlet, and if it wasn't drinking, then it would be with the usos yeah. fellowship. And then um, um, after I left uh, West Auckland, I moved out to South Auckland, and I attended um my old church back in Samoa. I started going back to Efakasa Church, and um, in O. Oh eight, um, 2018, 2011, 2012, I think that's when I was made um, uh, assistant treasurer for the Ifakasa Church. And the church had like 50 families, you know, 50 mtafalis. And not long after that, uh, 2012, I became the youngest fellow Kusi secretary for an Ifakasa Church. And that was another massive uh, commitment for me. Um, at the time, um, 2012, 2013, I was only 27, yeah, 28 or something. But having that big role to carry, um, you know, it, it was quite, um, it wasn't, for me, it wasn't st- um, stressful. It was just about um, managing my time and commitment as well. And at the time, I was single, you know, um, I could do like um, church full time and work full time. And church, I was under the leadership of um, Tapuni Alava'a, um, Reverend Alali Peteru and Vini, um, and they are the Puni Alava'a band. 
are so blessed to serve under them, to be honest, because everything that you see now also, uh, me waving the flags, organizing these events, uh, popping up here and there, um, they played a massive role in, you know, um, f forming the person that I am now. The experience that I have in doing things, uh, life, my thing, you know, kids, um, what to what to do first, what what I should prioritize, they played a massive role in 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 shaping up who I am now. Yeah, and I had to live. Um, I got married. We got married in twenty eighteen, and I had to resign. I had to leave uh, my church. It was a really uh, tough decision for me, but um, um, I had to like make a sacrifice um, to to hold my family together. Because um, my wife is a, Mith a Mithilist and I'm a Fakasa and I had to make that tough decision, um, make a sacrifice to hold the family together. And so now I'm happily serving under a uh, Mithilist. Uh, I had to join uh, my wife's uh, church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one thing about KLB, yeah, you always are, you know, humbles, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. like even when you talk about working rules, like back then, like man, like I always wonder, like the commitment level, because you didn't have a family then, but you you were working hard because mm. you were sending money home, mate. Mm. You had commitments, like as a young Pacifica man. Yeah. If you're not, if you know, if you're gonna do higher honors mm. and go educate uni, you still gotta make a a, yeah. a living. You still gotta earn a living, but you also gotta remember about those back home. Uh. Yeah. Well, before I left, um, I left home in uh, Samoa in 1998, and I could never forget my my dad's words and my older my oldest brother's words. Um, Don't forget about us. Don't forget about your family. So those words um, are always at the back of my mind. Whatever I do, and so um, in O2, um, a lot of the boys didn't know, but I was already working part time as as a security in a mall. Um, I was in year 13 with the boys and I was doing like, you know, a part-time shift at the mall as a security and then 03 security um, in a mall and then um, at the doors, you know, in nightclubs. Um, I was doing uh, three different jobs just to earn money to send back home every fortnight. Um, I I, sent, I remember sending my first pusa, you know, the those box, you know, back home. Um, I built it myself in the garage, and um, Junior Toto's dad, um, the late Fa'avai, yeah, he had a business at the time, uh, Freights, and I built my own busa in the garage, um, you know, I uh, loaded it and sent my very first busa in 03 um, in Christmas, oh, no, sorry, uh, Christmas 02, and that hasn't stopped, that hasn't stopped, um, yeah, it hasn't stopped sending money overseas every fortnight. Um, it's just part of who I am and what I believe in. Um, service, you talk to your family, and um, before you go and serve others, you know you must always serve. You know your little circle, your small circle. And then now that I have uh, my own family, my wife and my kids, I now serve. I serve my 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 family, my immediate family, my wife and my kids. They are my priority. And then after that, as my parents, and then my wife's parents, you know, N nothing else matters. If I just focus on, you know, uh, on this circle here, that's all matters to me. I don't have to go and uh, 
and be affiliated to um, you know to anybody else. Um, and and I see that a lot now. You know, with um, for example, I'll give you an example. Um, you know, some people or some youth. Um, they rock up to other uh, to church and they they are the first ones in the kitchen, but they can't be found in the kitchen at their own home, you know. So it's the, the, yeah, you you have to be found in your home kitchen first, and then what you do in that kitchen, you take it into other people's homes, into your church, into your workplaces, and be the same person. So you can't be the fake you in your workplaces. And the real you in your home is you're always in your room playing, uh, you know, PlayStation or on your on your phone or doing your TikToks. And when your mom calls you like ten times, you won't even answer. So for me, it's all about um, you know how you um, categorize your priorities. And me now, as as a family man, is my wife and my kids, and they are my world right now. And then my my mom and dad, and then my wife's parents. On the same level, mm. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome because I've heard, I've heard a similar thing with um, with life. You know, like look, look after. We've talked about it before. Right? It's mm. like look after yourself first because yeah. if you're not happy, you can't look after anyone else. That's right. And then look after your family, your immediate family. Mm. And then after that, if there's any left, look after your mm. out, outside family. Mm. And then if there's any left, look after the community. That's right. You know, so it starts from within and out. That's the best model. Mm. That's the best model, and that's how it should be. Mm. Instead of working for, you know, other people first, and not, um, and forgetting about your, uh, yeah, forgetting about your priorities, your family. Mm. Mm. So, it must have been hard. Like, was that transition hard? Like, you, when you got married, and then because you were obviously sending stuff back home every year, oh, yeah, well, every time. Now, there was that. Oh no, sorry, it's gonna be a, a smaller bag next time. <laughs> yeah, um, for me, um, I stopped sending you know those bushes. You mm. know, um, I remember the I what do you call it? I ended sending busa in twenty, I would say twenty sixteen, two years before we got married, and I had to I, I had to end it with a container. All oh, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nice. bro. Honestly, you know, that's the that's the Kevila right there, bro. <laughs> uh, I had to end it like I had to, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I had to finish it on a high, you know. Um, I was as a commitment that I um that I had to like um. So I started, uh, you know, um, low. Uh, I started like you know from sending boxes and and I uh, finish it with sending a container back home with all the. At the time, well, we were building a house, a new house for my parents, and I sent everything that um, that we needed for that house in terms of furniture and everything. Um, and it was a full container, um, and I was so proud, eh? so proud that I uh, I got to send a container and with the support of my um, my brother in Australia, my sister here. Uh, we sent you know a lot of things and. And and I say to my parents, that's it. That's the last thing I'll, I will send from here in terms of boxes and um, containers. The last one. I'm gonna um, start my family now. And my my life is is quite different to be honest because um, I I had to like I set phases you know for my life. I was the last one to get married in my family and the last one to have kids out of ten of us. And, and that's um, my level of my commitment to my daughter and my service. I allowed my three younger sisters to have their own families, 
and have their own kids and for me carrying the load you know to um, support my family back home and I say to uh, my parents look I want to get married at this age and this is what you're going to be getting from me in terms of finance uh, financial support and they, they were uh, very supportive um, and so 20 and I didn't lie like you know um, sitting in that container in 2016 and then after that um, I had some time to like you know get to know my my wife you know and just really committing to her and um, finding out you know what we wanted to do um, later and so 2018 we got married uh, finally and um, yeah so the nine all, all my other nine siblings they all had you know their their families and their at a, a very young age but for me I got married when I was uh, 33 or 34 um, which to me you know number is not it doesn't matter but um, that's what I, um, I I set that um, that goal and I followed um, those phases uh, different phases of my life um, because that's what I wanted you know no one no, nobody forced me to uh, to get married at 34 or 33 or just what I believed in, uh, serving my parents first before I have my own family because I knew once I have my own family, um, I wouldn't be able to uh, provide, um, you know, for my parents as what I used to do, you know? Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's like, man, like, even in Samoa, because I think, I think families sending money over to Samoa, mm. Australia, America, New Zealand, it's one of the biggest incomes coming into the country. Yeah, yeah. like, mm. other than that, it's, it's tourism. Huh? That's right. And then That's right. I think number two is there are they people sending money over. Huh? Number one. The number um, one. What's the yeah. number one? Mm. Yeah. Um remits uh, the the money that we sent over from here, that's um um our people back home and our and our government you know, heavily rely on it. Um some people say, No, but you're sending money to your own family. How does that help your our government? Um, that money goes back to um, um, you know local businesses and our know, resources back home, um, and our church, um, and our villages, our family lovers. You know, so that's um, our our contribution to uh, to Samoa's economy. And um, I guess I don't know how our families back home would be able to cope with the cost of living without the support from here. To be very honest, because I've been doing it for all these years, and my family still, they, they still rely on me, you know. Um, so for me, it's really important for our families here to realise that um, our families back home still need that support, uh, whether it is small or a big amount. Um, yeah, you know, don't forget your family back home. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's cool, man. So you're doing... You're working at the doors and you're doing security. How'd you get from that to working at 531? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, Plus, you had a BA degree on, on yeah. about two months. So. I only have God to answer for you know for <laughs> for that because um, even I can't believe how I came from doing the doors, you know, working as a security guard uh, to where I am now. But um, for me, um, I was looking up... Uh, and, and when I was in Form 7, year 13, um, I was always looking for a, um, a job opportunities on Western Little. At the time, no no cell phones, 
Uh, so Western Leader was my go-to um, resource to to find jobs, and I came across um, a job opportunity at the um, at the mall, Western City Mall, and yep, as a security guard. No experience was needed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you just have to be fit. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm fit. Uh, and I'm willing to like, you know, to do whatever it takes for me to earn some money. And so from there, I only stopped doing security in, I think, 2017. Oh, wow. Before, before we, my, my, my wife and I got married. Um, I was still doing security at a hotel. Um, and I've been a, a porter. Um, I used to do porter when I was at uni. Like I said, I, I was doing all those small jobs just to earn enough uh, to pay for my bills here and to support my family back home. Um, um, I, I worked for farmers as a, as a security when I was at uni, uh, real groovy, um, and still doing the doors um, in town um, and events as well. Um, you know, like you know those rugby games at Eden Park, I was doing those security. Um, but um, but those jobs, I knew it wouldn't be my long-term career. It was just for me to earn money. Um, and it was the easiest job to get for me, to, uh, to be honest. Um, <laughs> the easiest, <laughs> yeah. Uh, in, not the easiest in terms of getting, but the easiest in terms of just standing there. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just, it's, that's what I mean, like the easiest job for me to do at the time. Uh, it wasn't... Labor wasn't involved or anything like that. But uh, when I finished um, um, my BA in 2006, um, 2007, I was still doing um, um, security and studying uh, my BA honors. And I was um, blessed to be um, to receive the, um, uh, the Pacific Student Award um, in the year 2007. And in beginning of 2008, I started working for Immigration New Zealand in town. And that was sort of like uh, my first um, professional, uh, you know, career. Mm -hmm. um, and I always wanted to work. It was either um, working income or Immigration New Zealand because mm -hmm. I saw those uh, jobs as, you know, those um, office jobs, you know. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I was blessed mm -hmm. with an opportunity to... Um, to work for Immigration New Zealand from 2008 to 2012. So what were you doing for them, for immigration? What were you, what were you doing for immigration? Uh, just processing um, and also doing customer service mm. um, in town. And um, and I met my my wife in 2009 um, as a friend. And then, um, you know... Um, you know that saying, uh, you know, love it first, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you already planted the seeds and yeah. went for the long run, yeah, the long Yeah, so, so uh, I saw this girl, you know, uh, you know, um, like straight away, hey, I was like, bro, you know, I can see um, a future with that girl. And um, quite young at the time to have that sort of thought. But um, anyway, um, uh, so we became friends in 2010, 2011. Um, as she got to know me, she asked me, um, why don't you go and work in a health sector, in a community health? And, and I said, why? And she said, uh, I see something um, in you that you can offer more than working in the office. 
you know, the way I do things out, you know, the way I, you know, joke, joke around and, um, yeah, and, she, and, and I didn't really understand what she uh, meant, uh, you know, at the time, but she, she was still pushing me to go and work in uh, community health, uh, you know, to do like, um, health promotion, um, and seeing events and stuff like that. And, and I said, oh, yeah, I'll give it a go, even though I don't have any uh, qualification in health. And so I applied for um, a smoke-free smoking cessation practitioner role uh, in 2012. And after my interview with the, uh, you know, with the um, employer, uh, Mangere Health, um, they wanted to offer me another role, not the smoking cessation practitioner. Uh, I don't know, maybe I, they were, you know, maybe impressed, you know, with the way I did my presentation <laughs> in the interview, you know? And I said, oh, yeah, cool. Well, what are you going to offer me? I would like to offer you a, a health promotion officer role, not just smoking cessation. Oh, yeah, sweet. And so from there, that's, um, God opened that door for me to actually get out there and, and, and realize, man, um, you know, life is bigger than just being an immigration officer. And from there, I had opportunities to MC this event, that event. So my very first event uh, for work to MC was 2012 in Mangere Town Centre. Uh, so it's been ten years now since I, yeah, since I've been doing um, MCing. And so from there, um, being a, a health promotion officer, um, another door was open. Um, I had a, got a job at the. Uh, now moving on to something bigger, Auckland Regional Public Health Service, which is under the Ministry of Health as a health promotion officer. So still doing the same thing, but uh, working in workplaces, you know, with Pacifica and Māori. Um, and then after that, um, then I realised I got to go and do uh, some uh, health papers. Yeah, so I went and um, studied some health papers, uh, did um, did some research with one of some uh, some of the doctors at um, Middlemore Hospital. Oh yeah, doing um, yeah. What, what was the research? It was uh, inhaler, smart inhaler. Uh, it was when it was firstly introduced to um, you know to South Auckland. Uh, the smart inhaler is where um, you know people with um, asthma. Um, if they're not complying with their medicines, then the doctors can read um, their medicines by um, checking the you know the device that's attached to their inhalers. So if you're not taking your you know your inhaler, then your doctors know, and then you'll get a phone call. Ah, you know. So we did a research, a six month research, and then uh, after that, move on to um, uh, come to Smartco Health um, and being a project coordinator. Uh, for bowel cancer and then from there um, to where I am now uh, being a, um, a community engagement manager for local doctors and White Cross so we've got clinics up on uh, Lincoln, uh, Lincoln Road we've got a medical centre in Ranui yeah um, and so we've got like more than 50 clinics in Auckland and uh, radio is a different story a radio, um, those who Sela Alo reached out to me, and Sela Alo used to work for a Heart Foundation doing the same thing mm -hmm. as what I was doing. Yeah, yeah the Heart, yeah. um, 
Yeah. He had heart problems. Well. Problems, and yeah. Then, so I used to work for Heart <coughs> Foundation and we were like doing all the health promotion, you know, and he must have seen me emceeing events. And then when he um, um, started working for New FM and Pacific Media Network and they were looking for a, a, a producer, you know, for the Samoan show at the time and Sheila Alo reached out to me. I didn't no experience, you know, no no qualification in media. And he said, ah, yeah, well, we'll offer you all the training you need, whatever you need, um, you know, to fulfill your role. And I said, oh, yeah, cool. That's fine if you, are, if you think that I can do it. What year was that, Oz? Uh, 2018. And that's coming at a time where radio at the time, especially in the radio time, yeah. and PM&E, it, was, it wasn't really... Yeah, you know, like the back of the um the days we you everyone know radio radio sound more, especially in the PMNU umbrella, right? Mm, mm. So like, it, it landed in your lap. Yeah, it sounds a bit, eh? Yeah, yeah. So it was a difficult task for me because um the competition with other language programs uh, was quite high, and um and for me being a a fresh producer, like I didn't really know um what was expected um, of me or I didn't know how to like lift PM in Samoa, you know, to be uh, the best. Because for me, when I do things, I just want to give my best and I want um, I want to do my best, you know. And um, when I first started um, as a radio, um, as a producer for PM in Samoa, I didn't know anything about this, you know, paneling, mics, um, saying. It's quite different from hosting, to be <laughs> yeah. honest. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to be careful with what you say, uh, especially because um, Pacific Media Network is a national radio and all Samoans in New Zealand are listening to you. Um, but uh, I, I was praying and fasting and you know, to God to help me. And also my wife believed um, that the first... Remember, she pushed me to go into the health sector because she saw something. And it's the same thing you saw on that. You, you, you can be a, a good broadcaster. And so having um, the right people in the office at PMN, Pacific Media Network, to support you um, and offer you whatever, any help, I think that helped me a lot to, to speed up, you know, my, speed up the game, you know. And, yeah, so that's how I ended up, you know, in, 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 in the studio as a, as a broadcaster and still doing it. Um, so it's, it's a casual role uh, because we don't broadcast every day. Um, the Sam One show is only aired on Thursday and Sunday. Um, but if you want to do like extra work, uh, that's entirely up to you. But my full time role is uh, with um, local doctors and White Cross um, and my casual, still doing two jobs, you know, a casual role with uh, Pacific Media Network and my real full time uh, job is being a husband and a, and a father. Mm. Do you see how how busy this guy is doing? <laughs> but man, Stradables like there are not many guys have that work ethic. You know what I mean? But I mean the service alone to the community and to your family, bro, that speaks volume of one person. Like Thank to you. me, that's rich, man. That's make, that's gonna make you life rituals. Thank you, Uzo. And I, and I see it, man. Like I just yeah. see, bro. <laughs> but then, did, did you like find your? You found the passion doing the MC oh, yeah. when you were doing it. So you this guy's a natural, bro. Have <laughs> 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 you seen this guy's TikToks? <laughs> <laughs> I believe MCing is um, something that can't be taught, to be honest, mm. now that I'm doing it. 
It's something yeah. that um, you so know you gotta have it in your personality. You gotta yeah. Have, yeah, that's right. It's it, it can't be taught. Um, and if it's I don't know, but I believe that if you're born to be MC, you know, um, then you'll be okay, you know, doing it. Um, and like what Lady said, um, for me, people say I'm. Oh, you're always, you know, you're busy. You're too busy to look after your family. They have no idea. <laughs> they have no idea. Now, I'm, I really believe in working smart, not yeah. working hard. I, I work very smart. And, and it's and, their time factor, huh? Yeah, yeah. And uh, what do you call it? Finally, dividing your time um, to make sure that you meet all your uh, deliverables, expectations of your of your different roles, and making sure that your family is always on top of your priorities. Um, so if I'm not at work, I'm at home. Um, I don't waste time anymore like to to be with um friends and yeah I do um have catch ups but you gotta find the right time to have your catch ups, you mm. know. It's either during working hours <laughs> <laughs> Sorry boss. It is, it is, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you gotta find the right time and you gotta be at home, um, you know, um after school, you know, with the kids. Or uh, um yeah, it's just about you you know, you you and your wife working together to find the best time for you to have some me time. And also the same for your wife as well. Mm. Mm. You know, as a, working as a producer, like when you said you went, when you first got the job, you didn't know what was going on and they had to teach you on because that was the whole plan uh, for them to give you all the resources to show you how, to, how, how did that, how did that go? How, like the first week, work, like learning the, learning how to be a radio <coughs> producer oh, because, because when, when I think about it, I still don't know what a radio producer does. Like, yeah. So you, you could, you could, you could talk about like what, how you went through the learning process and and what, what is a music I mean a radio a radio producer? Um, yeah, so before I even started um, the role, I don't know how many times I was doing practicing uh, you know at home in, <laughs> but then, <laughs> but but before that, to be honest, um, you know, uh, just during our drinking session, you know, with the boys, you know, b- way before, you know, uh, in South Auckland with my uh, church boys and we were actually doing like some, you know, some radio, you know, announcement <laughs> for fun, you know, in the garage. <laughs> and then um, and then when PMN reached out, I was like, oh, you know, no more joking around. This is going to, it's going to, it's a real thing now. And so I was doing my own practicing um, at, at home, you know, the voice, the tone that you are doing all my research on YouTube. Um, following some of my um, idols, you know, in, in, in the media, um, people like um, that work in uh, Radio Samoa, people like say Manu, Francis, Joanne, um, the late Billy Tango. Um, so I was just studying all their styles and, and then build your own, um, when to say a joke, when to be formal, when to be casual. Um, but I wasn't really worried about that because as a producer, you just have to worry about producing the show. Mm. Um, we still had host, but uh, you just fill in. Uh, but as a producer, your role is to make sure that every segments are like bang on, um, like interviews, different segments for you, for uh, uh, for the you know, for women, for for men. Um, you gotta have a spiritual or faith segment. So that's what I was more uh, focusing on, mm. and I guess um, Sela Alu. Uh, he knew that I have the connections, you know, with the community and can bring like people in onto oh, the show. For your health work. Yeah, yeah. yeah through and, and my community work as well. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I wasn't really worried about being, uh, you know, the hosting um, side of things, but producing the show. 
Mm-hmm. So you had to organize like the interviews and get the people on and yeah, get them. That's part of my do the, talks, the, 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 the different schedule. Yeah, that's part oh. of my role is to to do the log. You know, um, one goes on at three o'clock, three thirty, three forty-five mm-hmm. news at this time. Um, cross over to Samoa at this time, <laughs> Australia. Yeah, so that's that. That's my 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 main role. Oh. But then I feel in uh, you know when a host is not available, then I jump on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a natural, bro. It's a natural. Nah. <laughs> like when you go live, the, I'm always watching. I'm always watching. <laughs> have a good laugh. Eh? Like, yeah, well, you know, doing a live is different um, from hosting a um, on a radio. Um, you know, a live, you can, uh, you know, you can be, you can be casual. You know, you can say something that you can't say on on air. Mm. Uh, you can see a joke that you can't say on air, and it's because it's a different, you know, different platforms. You know, um, on a radio, um, it's it's more formal uh, than just presenting on a live. You know, I can just go out there and say hello, but um, on a radio, you can't really be that type of um, host. You you have to maintain uh, the standard. Yeah, yeah, professionalism. Huh? Yeah, professionalism. Yeah, mm. You can't be too casual. <laughs> so put there like, oh, can we see you in the office? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Man, you know, there's um, there's there's broadcasters in Samoa, mm. like on Magic FM, like how they their style is really um particularly yeah, their yeah. style. Man, it's funny, man. I crack up because it's funny, like because they're all the same, man. Like they it's like they're talking like they're uh, like you're at a racetrack. That's right. That's, That's right. That kind of talking, yeah. eh? Yeah. In between the songs and they yeah. announce the <laughs> True that. I can't I can't do it. I can't do it, but you guys you know what I'm talking about, eh? Yeah. Like, uh it's something that goes like this, um yeah, <laughs> fatu ile sunga ya litzi. You know, it's something like that. Yeah, and yeah, then song yeah. and then fade down and it and then um yeah. go again. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um <laughs> and it's, a lot of them have um similar styles. Um but for me, um, I get something from that style, and I learn something from mm. learn something from you and Lydia today, oh. and then I and then use it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, man, so you you went on your business trip to Samoa just recently. You touched down. What happened? Who picked you up? Did um did your family pick you up to take you to? Did they set you up for the hotel? Yeah, I don't. And expect, did you stay? I don't expect my parents to pick me up because I don't want to fucking hang on me. If I've got a rental. Um, then I use the rental to go home. I'm not that person who expect uh, expect the whole family to be at the airport, you know, to welcome you. Um, if I if I catch if I have to catch the taxi home, I'll, I'll catch the taxi home. You know, I'll, I always encourage my 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 parents do not come to the airport. I find my own way home. Um, and my first um, trip this year to Samoa. Um, it was at, at the um, expense of um, Samoa Tourism Authority. It was an invitation from them um, as a broadcaster uh, just to help promote um, Samoa, right. especially the reopening of the borders. Yeah, because after COVID then. Yeah, to, yeah after COVID work, yeah. and after that a long uh, lockdown and the border restrictions, I was picked up by, um, by SDA. Uh, I was well looked after by SDA at the RIP. Uh, um, so I was uh, driven around by SDA, um, taken to different places, um, and they also took me to see my my parents. You know, for the first time after since 2017, 2018, after my my wedding, and 
in this year, um, I drove, no, I was picked up by my sister. Um, and uh, if I had a rental, I would have, uh, you know, driven home. But I was picked up by my sister. Um, yeah, some people, they speak their their whole village, you know, their whole families, you know, to come to the, to the, um, you know, to the airport to pick you up, you know. Right now, it's just like here, you know. Um, you arrived, you text your wife. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, we, we landed. Come, leave home now. Come pick me up. Yeah, it's just, you apply the same thing when you go over to Samoa. Don't fucking lie, you know, your family. <laughs> yeah, you know? And that meaning is just after one day and you're broke and then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that time over there with the Samoa tourism, what was the sort of, what was the the game plan they had to um, to, to, to rejuvenate Samoa? Oh man, yes. So that was the whole purpose of mm. um, us going over. Um, it was me from PMN and um, Janine Tuvati, the former Miss Samoa from Radio Samoa, and uh, my brothers from Blue TV, Tungaya Martin and uh, Ryan. So the whole the whole purpose was to. Um, uh, promoting uh, the reopening of our borders and it's uh, more safe for tourism as well. Um, yeah, so we were taken to like different restaurants, cafes, um, um, attractions, and promote them on social media and on air, cross live from PMN. Um, yeah, so that was our main purpose and, and also um, accommodations. Um, we had to like post um, content up on social media. Um, just for our people here and overseas to see that the um, um, the hospitality is ready to you know to to take the world again. Yeah, so that was the main purpose. Mm. Yeah, but it was it was it was it was full on. Oh yeah, it was full <laughs> on. I think the two weeks I went to Samoa <laughs> to do the STA um, um, work. Oh man, I I will do it like in three months to be honest sure, that's how busy it was yeah. it was full on we would leave at um, 8 o'clock in the morning and get back home at like 6 and then you do your editing of all your videos that you took mm. do your editing and you don't go to bed until midnight and oh, then you sucks. get picked up again at 8 o'clock in the morning yeah. yeah it was busy it was quite full on mm. so you did your own editing in the hotel like in your own, did you do your own editing in the hotel yeah yeah so because I was there alone, I had to do all. I had to host, to be the broadcaster and the editor as well. Um, I didn't. We didn't have an editor from PMN. I was. I was alone. Um, other media they had, you know, people to do video editing and hosting. And whereas for me, I was doing hosting and editing and filming and yeah. And that's um, another experience that I've gained so far since I started working in the media, eh? like editing videos and uh, doing TikToks and stuff. Yeah, so your your <laughs> toolbox is full of good tools. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember last time I was in Sawal, man. They had heaps of cafes over there, new ones, beautiful, a lot of cafes. Yeah, nice food too. Some some are better than the ones here, to be honest, <laughs> yeah. and cheaper. Yeah. But the quality of food mm. is is makua uh, for example, um, when I was here uh, last week, I posted a photo of my um, omelette, and it cost me fifteen tala. So that's about eight eight dollars New Zealand dollars mm. in the omelette. That's bigger than what you get here for <laughs> twenty bucks, to be honest. Yeah, and it comes with a nice, um, you know, lo local bread. Um, yeah. So for me, I'm like, 
um, I don't know why we're saying, um, you know, the food over there. Some people say the food over there is um, expensive, and but when we go over as people from here, it's actually um, uh, cheaper. Mm. Mm. Mm, yeah, much cheaper. It's a lot cheaper. Mm. Yeah. Did you guys do any, um, any barbecue spots? Oh, my favorite. When I went to um, Savai with the boys, with two Samoa, that was, I had that for breakfast. <laughs> 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 yeah, I couldn't wait. Eh? I couldn't wait. I think I was the first one to buy um, um, a plate from the barbecue on the road um, at the wolf. Um, yeah. Old habits die hard. I couldn't wait. Know the smell. Eh? You can smell it from like 100 meters. Eh? Where's the barbecue smell coming from? And you just follow it. And then next minute, I look at the time, it was only 9 o'clock. Mm. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Barbecue for breakfast. Mm barbecue for breakfast and lunch um, and that was because I had that opportunity um, I didn't find any there's heaps in Upolu but I just didn't drive by like at the right time you know mm. I was busy podcasting and and I didn't and sometimes I forget about having meals you know when you're busy you forget about your breakfast and your lunch and then at the end of your shift you're like starving eh mm. and then you go and look for like you know you go to Lava Hotel Lava <laughs> Hotel they have the best steak in Samoa so if ever you visit Samoa again make sure you go to Lava mm. not one steak you get it, two steaks for 80 dala. that's 40 dollars you get two steak that's like a 80 is it 80 80 no 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 not 80 grams sorry 300, 400, think 500 grams. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sicky steak. Also, lady, man. Got a lava hotel or coco banana. Oh, man. Coco banana. That's, on the, that's on the bucket list for the year or next couple of years. Yeah. Just to get there. Yeah, yeah. But no, you're right, man. Like, the food quality in Samoa has gone up, man, gone up. And, and you know, when we say, I want to go to Samoa for some food, we're not talking about Samoan food. We're talking about this cafe food. Like, it's Bani food, but it's nice, eh? Like the way they do it. I've always said, I don't know why our chefs here can't cook, you know, the same way. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, I, like I, I've said it to some people in Samoa, like the way they, they cook steak over there. I don't mm. know why, like it's not cooked the same way here. It's just, it just tastes mm. different, you know, it's, and it hits different too. <laughs> like, bro. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and it's our flavor too, because I remember having lunch on at the edge and, Ooh. and um, I had the... Um, uh, nachos but you know we replaced the um the um the the chips with um with taro chips mm. but it's nachos with taro chips oh mean man i was like damn that's like you know that's our flavor huh? well, well i guess some of those chefs um that work in restaurants over there they study here mm. um i know one guy um that works in one of the hotels um um not in Apia, but um, I think in Alipaka. So he studied at the um, MIT. Um, uh, yeah, chef, yeah, hospitality. And so he, you know, they take their, uh, what they learned, their learnings and experience from here and then mix it with yeah, their, put their interest yeah, cooking in Samoa. And yeah, yeah I mm. think that's, I don't but I guess that's how they do it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's good, man. It's good over there. So you must have spent a lot of time with the team. But did you? Because man, some of your photos, I'm like, like how is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was blessed to, you know, to meet the team when I arrived on Wednesday night. I went straight to their um, uh, base, uh, returned to paradise, and I got to meet um, some of them. They were still up, you know, celebrating. Mm. Um, and yeah, so every day 
um, that I um, I worked as a broadcaster. I got to see the boys, um, got to have a, a chat with them, even on the second day, the third day, even in Savai, um, and how it was just so good to like you know be closer to them and actually having um, uh, that connection with them because um, what we read in a um, you know in the media um, and and how they portray our boys and you know, that's not who they yeah. are that's not what they really are mm. uh, and it's not until you actually get to um, uh, know them and closer to them that um, all this uh, BS stuff you know on the media are just BS you know um, mm. like for example Lou Soya Luaya he's actually a different person in like when you meet when you meet him in person he's actually a fun guy you know he's all about being happy and having fun mm. I don't know, like every, honestly, to be honest, um, I, I arrived on Wednesday night and Luai was still celebrating. <laughs> Luai was like up celebrating, like uh, just being happy, uh, being at home, having fun with the uh, officials, the same, and he brought the same energy to like all the um, the meetups, you know, all the, uh, the the parade and all the meetups with our people. And I take my hat off to the boys for just being patient because honestly, it's it's tiring, eh? Yeah, Just going yeah, from one event mm. to an, another event to the next event, tiring. But they um, they put up a um, you know a real strong, just being for English um, that they are there for the people. Um, but yeah, sicky. Because uh, that's your meaning, <laughs> Mr. Cup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now, like yeah, like just seeing you out there, but even wearing the KB gear, like to me, in that space over there. Mm. It's like it makes you makes you proud, eh? Because you oh. know, because we know where you're from, mm. like you know, even if you didn't tell everyone that you went to us and then came here, to me it's like, bro, he's he's Ranui, he's KUB, like <laughs> Kama, you know, the mayor of Mangan is over there. <laughs> it's like, nah, like you take, I'm taken back by it because it's like, man, because I know you're a family man, you know, you 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 are involved with the community, but you gotta touch on like, because you did a bit of dancing too. Like I remember bumping to you and you, I think just started studying and you were dancing at the time mm. as well as doing security. Like tell us about all that. Yeah, so um, I was involved with the um, associ um, at uni uh, as a, a student association for Samoans, you know, at uni, Auckland Uni, and I was quite heavily involved, you know, in, you know, with that association. And um, there was also Ausiva Lusuya Kiniti from Adela Salboy. Um, Kennedy, I forgot his last name also, but he's he's one of the best choreographers, a master choreographer, um, and he um, taught uh, La Salle. All those years they won um, the Polyfist. Um, Kennedy was a uh, was a tutor, and he formed um, a dance group called Vision Dance, and I was part of um, that um, that group, um, and also being involved with the um, Samoan Students Association. So I started dancing uh, for that group in 03, 04, uh, with those, so Hale, another uh, La Salle boy. Um, I think I was the only um, Kelston. I was the only yeah guy from out west. Remember, uh, Kennedy is a La Salle, so he brought, like, you know, all the La Salle boys, you know, at the time. And, um, and I left again. I didn't. Uh, I was enjoying it. Dancing, um, Samoan dancing, but um, I didn't have the time to commit because I was still playing rugby at the time and then working um, several jobs and studying full-time as well. Um, but now, I found that passion again. <laughs> found yeah. that passion again. 
No, and, and, and I'm talking about uh, being part of my family's, um, my wife's family uh, dance group, Tipaula. Oh. You might have seen um, or heard of Tipaula Dance Group. Um, we performed at you know Pacifica festivals. Um, we were invited by Samoa Tourism Authority to perform at the airport. Um, just a farewell. Um, the first plane to you know to land in Samoa uh, for the reopening of the borders. Um, and I think the the good thing about uh, the Tipaula Dance Group as a family uh, dance group, and it's founded on family values and godly values. And when I say family values, is we have Amatai um, that sort of like you know taking the lead um, you know on everything, and then we have uh, the girls doing what they do as to make the Samoa. Um, whereas other, not you know saying anything um, long about other Osiva, but when you're from all over, um, there's different voices and heaps of voices, but this family dance group, one voice, one voice, yeah, one voice. If we're dancing, we're all dancing. Um, if the girls aren't dancing, the girls are not dancing. So just one voice, and I think that's the that's the beauty of having uh, this group. And I'm so blessed to uh, be part of it. And also using my connections to like um, take our group to uh, you know different places, yeah. like weddings, birthdays. We've been to Tahiti. Uh, we were invited by uh, Tahiti. Um, they hosted the um, uh, Yamarai Teo Festival, which is the Polynesian festival. Um, and they, they had groups from New Zealand, from Aotearoa. They had a kapahaka, uh, groups from all um, all the Polynesian countries. And we were invited to represent Samoa. Yeah, to, I was like, surely, like, next level, like, God, we're, you know, thank you. We were just thankful and grateful. But how the invitation came about, the, the host, the festival host, saw a, a picture of me and my wife on a profile picture um, on my Facebook and um, on that picture, uh, my wife and I are dressed in our, um, you know, uh, traditional attire. And and then they he they reach out to me and and, and ask if we could come in just to um, showcase our La Isamwa, the the tau and the malu. And I said, oh yeah, sweet, that's fine, we can come. And next day he asked, do you have a dance group? Oh yeah, well I've got a dance group. Oh, yeah. yeah, so that's um. That's how we got invited, and it was uh, another highlight um, of my dancing um, a journey, um, being in, in Tahiti, and actually being with um, with the family, mm. my wife's family, um, and spending time with my wife. We took our, our daughter, she was only nine months at the time, and you know, another family time, another mm-hmm. family time as well, yeah. And that's exactly it, it was, that's yeah. like the life rich, the time factor, well, and course. doing it together. Life balancing. Like how many times would you see that on your social media feed? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't like for social media, um, and and some people also think that I uh, I'm always on social media, but that's not the case. I set time, I limit the time for me to to create a content. I only ten minutes. It's what I need to create a, a, a TikTok. If I go over ten ten minutes then um, it's, it, I'm wasting my time. I'm not, you know, spending time with my kids. But if you allow yourself 10 minutes to, you know, to come up with an idea for a video or a dance or whatever that you think it would be well-received by the people, then do it. And it's, uh, that's how I do it. Um, all my TikToks, it doesn't take me that long to... Um, pe- people think, oh, yeah, how many takes? 
One take. <laughs> and uh, honestly, yeah. that first take is always the best take. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm there, shh, hey, the camera. Yeah, yeah, the camera. Go real TikTok. Yeah. So how long has your wife's family been doing the dance the dance group had the dance group for? So Tipola Dance Group was established back in 2004. Oh, so uh, it's world yeah. way back. Oh. Um so they started doing uh dancing for you know family um occasions like family um weddings and birthdays um but after my wife and i got married and not not after sorry not after so when i met the family um this was before we got married and i got to see their talent the family talent amazing i was i was amazed by how they they dance the, you know, there's very authentic, you know, none of that uh, contemporary moves and none, none of that. I was amazed and I was uh, impressed. And I said to my wife, um, are you guys keen to take your talent out to, you know, to the community? And, and, and they said, yeah, yeah, for the first time. First time they got to perform at my uh, one of my events in um, 2015 or 16. Mm. And they loved it. They loved it. And so from there, the seed was planted. And from there, they, um, they got to realize, man, you know, it's time for us to take the, their God-given talent out, out of the family out of their comfort zone. And so 2016, 17, 18, we got married. 2019, we went to Tahiti. And up until now, we we do gigs like, we have um, uh, corporate gigs and you know community gigs. We don't charge that much for community, but for corporate, yep, we charge corporate <laughs> money. <laughs> yeah. Have to, have yeah, to. Yeah, have to, have to, yeah, have to. No one's dancing for free nowadays. Mm. It's so cool that, because, that it's like all the stars have aligned mm. with your journey and your wife's journey because everything connects now. You know, with your wife's family's dancing and you and your experience through MC and now through um, media. Yeah. Like yeah. it all connects now. You can all help each other, like go forward with with something like could make the dance group. Because the dance group can, it's a business, huh? So, that, you know, it's all, it all helps everything that you've experienced. Your wife, your wife has experienced their family, yeah, it all helps to, to move forward with everything. Huh? Amen to that. Mm. And remember, I met my wife in in '09, and it was the way she danced that really, like, <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh okay then. <laughs> you know, there's a someone saying for English, they do yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you can tell. Um, someone you can tell um, a Samoan to make that by the way they talk and the way they dance and the way they solo that year. Uh, they're not solo like in front of you, but they solo here. Um, and, and that's how you know I sort of like you know saw her like at the time. And um, and yeah, she's from a really what do you call it strong Samoan family, you know, with Samoan core values and um, and and beliefs and with their talents with my experience my connections and you're right 
um, at all connects now. Mm. And that's my, my, my main role in Aosiva, in a dance group, is MCing. <laughs> I'm a back, backup dancer. <laughs> when, uh, hey, if one doesn't show up, then I dance. <laughs> but my main role is to MC the gigs mm. here. Mm. Mm. But that's cool. That's so cool. Any, oh. any talent in your family, uh, Let's any, any dance? Yeah, no, just thought it flies in Kapinga, the Mi'ai and stuff. Right? <laughs> still still working, working on that trade. But, man, you know, this whole Tour Samoa thing just blew up when the World Cup started, you know? Yeah. And I never expected this kind of, what, what would have happened. Mm. I never expected Tour Samoa to make to the final, you know, even to beat England and the, even to make it to the, you know, Maybe quarterfinals, but past that. Mm. But man, see the energy, the, the Tosa more um, projected from everyone around the world. Mm. Well, because you live in Mangrove, so you got to see it every mm. day, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, the walking into work would have been awesome, mate, everyone. Yeah. When we, um, well, when, not when we lost, you know, in in, um, in the first game to England. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody wanted to wear those Tosa more gear. <laughs> I was like, when I say toy, say more toy, no more. <laughs> but yeah, um, the boys actually brought all Samoans, you know, from around the world together. Mm. Um, and I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah, no, I, not even Mano Samoa did that. And but I think because this is this is a new era of social media, so yeah, I the think, exposure, yeah, the exposure, of it. the exposure oh. that mm. we we now have. But um, I got to give credit to. Uh, to the coaches, uh, the management. We've got some really good coaches from England. And from what I was told, um, you know, when I was in Samoa, um, by some of the boys, um, the coaches really quickly changed the game plans after that first game. And it worked really well and they stuck to it, to the to that game plan right up to the, um, to the final. And... Um, I asked a question in a press um, press conference. Did this polling moment really start from chasing Tomalolo and the Tokoso boys? And um, they couldn't. They didn't really say no or yes. But what they said was um, they wanted to follow the footsteps of our old boys, the Pulitua brothers. You know, Roy um, That's what they said. And and uh, and for me, I'm like. Oh, cool. So it's, it's not a copycat sort of thing, you know? You know? Oops, but I said it on episodes before. Did you? Yeah, I said it on episodes before. If you look at the core of the team from 2010, that was sort of like the leaving of Roy Associates, Frank Pulitzer. That's yeah. how it sort of formed it. But now. Yeah, everyone's just got short memories, man. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing. People don't remember too far back. That's right. And that's what it is, bro. Like the JT situation with um, Fafita is because. They were wanted by more than one team. Mm. That's the difference. Mm. Which is those guys, they could have easily went in, but they got, you know, they got pushed aside for the other talent. Mm. So they were not not play, but they played, you know, they pushed to some more. Mm. And then I asked, um, you're right, you're definitely right. And um, I asked um, the captain, Junior Pogdo, um, why, why? Tell me one reason why you chose to play for Samoa. You had a um, an option to play for... For kangaroos, they were knocking on the door, you know, for you to opt to play for kangaroos. And he looked at the people at the parade and he said to me, "You <laughs> see those people out there? That's why I chose to play for Samoa. Um, it's different from 
playing for your people and your heritage and your culture and then playing for another country mm. and which was for me that was the highlight of my trip what Juno Paulo say to me I uh, pointed out to the people and they say you mm. see those people out there they're parading out in the sun that's why I chose to play for Samoa mm. mm. <laughs> yeah. I like our fans are different bro mm. straight up our, our fans are different I've seen it I've seen like the Red Sea and how people talk about it when uh, they show up to the Tonga games mm. and like we are the type of supporters like when we're playing stink we will say it <laughs> yeah, I must say no filter. Uh. We say it how we see it. Yeah. But when it comes to the winning, ooh, we're that plus another ten. You know, <laughs> we're on. It's like you can't leave it. Uh. Yeah. You can't help but want to see it. You mm. can imagine one household like that. Imagine all of Mangu like that. All of us talking like that. Because yeah. that's how it was, man. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I got support across all of Auckland, eh? South Auckland and West Auckland, even mm. you know, like. I never seen. I, the first time I saw that was when M and T came, and they they played here. Mm. When you know they, when and that was the first time I saw the the Tongan supporters around Otahu and that. Yeah, like that's the first time I seen that level of support. Mm. And I was thinking, I remember thinking, man, how come we don't Samoans don't support that? They have that level of support. Because mm. I went down to the game in um, Hamilton. Hamilton. The it was Kiwis and Tonga game, mm. and, and Tonga won. And man, the, that stadium was just full of red. The Red Sea was the there. The sea of red, eh? Yeah, and then after the game, walking to the cars, like, it was traffic jams because all, all the Tongans were on the street mm. waving their flags, mm. blocking the traffic. You know, it was, I never seen anything like that before. You know, even coming back home to Auckland, like, it was traffic jams all the way from Hamilton to Auckland and, <laughs> you know, the flags, Tongan flags were out and yeah. everyone was running outside the car because yeah. the cars were on standstill. People got out of their cars and ran up with their flags. <laughs> Ran back to the car. Yeah. I've never seen anything like that, mm. you know. And then <clears throat> when we had our, our opportunity, mm. you know, when we beat Tonga, then we beat England. Man, man, that was next level kind of support. Yeah. Man. I saw it in 2017, to be honest. Uh, this was during a Rugby World Cup when Fiji played Samoa at Eden Park. And it was the most, um, I think they had the biggest crowd at Eden Park, you know, for that World Cup, you know, for Samoa and Fiji, more than 60,000 people. And I saw it there because I was um, at the at the game. And after the game, yeah, it wasn't as big as um, the Tongan celebration, you know, for Matumatonga. But um, the way the um, um, the Tongans welcomed Ikaletahi in 2017 mm. was the same. I think it all started from there, Ikaletahi and then Matumatonga. Yeah, so it didn't just start in 2019 uh, or 20. When was the World Cup? The, the rugby league. And I just started, like, for my first time seeing the Tongans uh, welcoming um, their players uh, was for uh, Ikaritai. In yeah, a, it was. was it twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen? What the twenty fifteen rugby? Yeah, the World Cup, World the Cup, rugby World Cup. Right. Yeah, yeah. New Zealand mm -hmm. hosted it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The airport the was, was shut down. Right? Yeah, mm. the airport was packed by uh, the Tongans welcoming uh, Ikaritai. Yeah. Because you when know, way into the airport, yeah, you pretty much had to, and you couldn't get off at the next. That, that's right, Wel Wellesley Street. Yeah, <laughs> when um, Fino Maka was the uh, yeah. water captain, mm, so fine. I didn't. Yeah, a lot of people f have forgotten about that. that. Yeah, just the Matematonga, but Ikaletahi was bigger than Matematonga at the time. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's amazing how. How everyone's memories like that. It's like, but I think it's because everything's so short now. When you watch it on reels, 
um, posts on social media, everyone just, you know, everything's short now. So I think yeah. that happens everyone's memory. <laughs> <laughs> but those you know, you know. Well. That's right, that's right. But then it's sort of like um, all tied up together because Penrith won the NRL, you know, so they had spotlight on those players, Luai mm. and all those guys. It's all on them. In Crichton, but you know, and they just carried on to the World Cup, so you know, the spotlight is already on them mm. moving on, and everyone just knows. Eh? But um, now I see you know, they call him the way the hero, he's the hero. Mm. I've seen that on social media, he's like the hero now, true, true. <laughs> but um, for you anyway, for for 531, the whole experience of Tour Samoa. What was it like at work? Like everybody in the office, everybody in the studio, like, jumping on board the tour Samoa bandwagon. Like everybody was. I right? wanted to do that, but I didn't want to spoil you know, for the other teams as well. Like mm. I still wanted to be uh, to play a fair game, you know. For especially for um, the Tongans at work, um, you might have seen my TikTok with Lani Alu uh, using a. A sepitau and a sepitau. Uh, like we didn't really want to create something yeah, create for to divide. Yeah, div- yeah, to create division like between mm. um, us and the Tongans. Um, yeah, so we didn't be like, ah, no, we didn't <laughs> say anything like that. Um, we were still being respectful to to our brothers and sisters from Tonga. Uh, but as as broadcasters, you can't be a normal uh, supporter. To be honest. You still have to be um, um, neutral and yeah, mm. yeah so because you work on a platform on a Pacific Media Network, you got to support like all the teams, not mm. just Samoa or Tonga or uh, Fiji, Bati. Um, and that's def- what I meant. Like, is it hard? Must it's hard. hard. <laughs> it's hard man, because I wanted to like go all out, man. I wanted to bring my cover bowl and you know celebrate and yeah come in my doinga and but I couldn't do all of that stuff because of uh, being mindful of um, other you know um, Pacific brothers as well. Mm. Um, and if you see my TikTok with my uso Lani Alo, it's about bringing Toko Uso together and celebrate together despite you know um, MMT lost to Samoa. At the end of the day, we're still brothers, you know. Mm. Um, leave the game on the field, come out and celebrate together. Um, and we were worried as as broadcasters, we were worried that um, you know um, altercations, you know, might um, might break out, you know, in mm. our parades. And when I went to the first parade after we beat um, um, Tonga, when I went to the parade um, in Mangere Town Centre, I was actually looking up for. Uh, um, our Tongans brothers and sisters, you know, because mm. you just never know. Um, but um, I was so clear that nothing happened. Nothing happened. And the police uh, was quite, um, I think they did a, an amazing job, eh? the police, um, even with the official parades um, in Mangere and Otara. Um, and take my head off, um, my, mm. my, my, my head off to, um, um, to the police force for taking the control. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's a good day. Like, I probably wasn't worried as much, but I don't know what uh, your work was kind of. Yeah, no, everyone was coming late. But then <laughs> even everyone was coming late because they got to pass the um the town center. Oh yeah. But then, yeah, some of the my Tongan uh, workmates um found out the whole weekend oh. like, when they lost. But it was like, hey, it's just a game. But 
that was the it was like a joke it was yeah. like an inside joke you know <laughs> but i mean it was all, they saw the, the the bigger picture it was like hey it's just a game yeah. like it's just a game's got you know but nah um i felt like because you, you 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 were in the the middle the mix of all the stuff happening in Notara, mm. and like oops, I, I i told the guys on our um empty out the club because charlie pomet yeah wrote, wrote something yeah. And it was like, man, the MC introduced me as Charlie, like, you know? And like, in my mind, it was like, wait, that's a nice stitch up, but introduction. <laughs> but man, and like, like I've told you, I was sort of taking a step back from the KB stuff, but just seeing you and um, JM's front it, mm. like, to me, made me so proud, bro. And like, you know, when I always jump on, I always have a plug for the old boys, eh? <laughs> but like, just seeing you guys step in and like, just. You know, be in the middle of it. Mm. Like, bro, you can't help but be so proud, man. Like, mm. I was so proud, bro. But, like, yeah, man, like, how was your experiences, like, on the night? Because it was a nighttime. It was a nighttime. Um, yeah. Ooh. The parade was nighttime. Two full on events on one day. Um, I emceed the, the Mangere parade. Mm. And then I had to rush over to uh, Mangere. Um, the Mangere, I mean, sorry, Mangere parade started at um, 12 or 1. And then I had to leave at four because the Otara event started at five. Oh. And I think I would compare the um, the Otara parade to uh, the Promised Land concert in Australia. That's wow. how big oh. it was. That's how big it was. Yeah. I couldn't even see the end of um, <laughs> you know the town centre because oh. it was packed, oh. full of Samoans. Because which side was it? Was it in the main? The main foyer with all the particular laws are, hey, yeah, 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 it's on yeah. the stage side, mm. yeah. Yeah, it was packed, man. I, like I said, I couldn't see the end of the town centre because it was full of Samoans, flags. Um, and I've never emceed an event like this before. Yeah. Never. Mm. That's, oh my gosh. I couldn't believe that I, um, um, the courage I had, you know, on that night to emcee a, a, a massive event like that. And, yeah, um uh, represented our tongue and um, you know talk also and I just had to follow the script you know you know as MC I did you get given a script whatever name that they are yeah that's the name eh? but um I had to honor our brother uh, yeah. uh by um not doing a whole sipitao but for me I was um what do you call it um for I was quite humbled you know that having a tongue to come and perform Pretty um, hard. At the I was yeah. like, this is so, hey, this is uh, the spirit that we should be sharing, like, you know, amongst the Tokoso brothers, eh? Mm. No matter if it's Tosa Amoa, you know, the Tongans can come, you know. Because I really believe that Tosa Amoa, after Matematonga, um, uh, you know, um, got eliminated, Tosa Amoa was the only Pacific nation that carried the whole of Pacific. So at the time, all the Pacific nations should then be. Uh, backing um, yeah, uh, Samoa, yeah. <laughs> so mm. I sort of like you know did a study the Sipitau, just uh, the beginning of Sipitau, just to honor our Uso. Um, and yeah, surely all the girls loved it, uh, the performance. <laughs> 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 I was like getting jealous too. Nah. <laughs> but I love the fact that he did sing, um, he sang Susefina. S- Susefina. To me, like that's the biggest, like, yeah. like almost Afi. Hey, yeah. To the occasion, because yeah. it's not it's not sung by a Samoan the actual track that he sung, but it was like because it's bro, that's an anthem. You yeah. go to any like even at Promised Land, the Fiji have shown up. One love, um, Ragamuffin when Fiji sings their song, like 
even the Tongans and the Fijians are singing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're right. So to have Charlie sing it, yeah. and just to see you in the space was like that's where it's like, bro, that's gold, man. That is gold. Oh man, uh, I was a proud um, KOB that night. I was more like ripping KOB to be honest than ripping Five Freedom One. Why I say that because, you know, you're just looking down and you see like um, older boys from other schools and wearing their, uh, you know, uniforms, old boy uniforms as well. And to have the um, the Treyuso, uh, Treyuso dance group from West Auckland to come um, out to perform. And some some of the performers uh, went to Kelston. And so when I, um, when I said, uh, you know, K's up out of nowhere. <laughs> I saw like a, a lot of boys out in the crowd, like you know, raising their the mm-hmm. yeah. For me, I was like, so I kept that, and I um, the photographer um, took some really good shot of me, <laughs> like you know, it was, <laughs> like, it was almost like it was like a castle to gate. Because when I saw your head, it was like what right there, like right this. there. I was yeah. like, you can see this right now, like. But that's what I mean. Was it's KB West Auckland. In that space, yeah, at one of the biggest parades, because that would have been the biggest one, eh? For the south ones compared yeah, to the for South Auckland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the live screening was actually bigger than the concert than the um, the parade, but that's because everybody wanted to get a you know um, a, a, um to, to watch it for free, yeah? mm-hmm. and it's because it was streaming on Sky Sports. Yeah, I was supposed to MC the live screening, but. Um, I think God um, said to me that was enough because the Otara, remember I started doing immediate interviews. Um, I had the I had an interview on that Saturday um, on Tanga Pacifica TV1 um, at 9 o'clock and then from there to the Mangare Parade, to the Otara Parade, which finished at like 11, 11.30 and I was going to go home and have a nap Mm. And then come back um, to the live screening to mm. MC the live screening. Mm. Sorry, out of nowhere, go gout. <laughs> Sorry, there he goes. Out of nowhere, and that was God's <clears throat> way of saying to me, "Slow down, enough, yeah. enough for today." <laughs> and so I, 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 I said to God, "Okay, if this is your way of telling me that I, um, that I've had enough for today, I'm gonna stay." And you were exactly where you needed to be. That's it's right, home. home. And so um, the organizers of the live screening, they were like, oh, my gosh, we need you here. We need you here. Please come. Take some tablets. And I said, I don't have any tablets. And just out of nowhere, this is my very first time having gout. Mm. And so God knew that my body needed um, mm. some rest. Mm. Mm. And it was enough. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, you, do you normally get gout? All the time? Or Surely. No, no really. that was my first time. <laughs> first time? My first time was... Oh, yeah. But those signs also- they're real. They're legit. It means, yeah, up. I saw my Lafaga, yeah, yeah. You're That's right. Exactly You're right. And I had it for like three, four days. Oh, damn. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> because the parade, that, that the screening was like on uh, Sunday morning. Monday, Tuesday, um, I took my family down to Wellington for a family wedding. Mm. You know, my vibe was still getting out. I was still sore. <laughs> so like, yeah, three, four days. Uh, yeah. God was like, you know, teaching me a lesson. Gotta yeah, listen yeah. to the body. One event is enough. Stay hydrated mm. and try not to fast without taking some liquid. Huh? Like some stay hydrated. <laughs> so you know when you went somewhere to do the coverage of the Tosa mm. parades and that, what was your itinerary? 
discuss those times like what what happened what were you supposed to do on the first day and yep so when i arrived um i was given uh so tosa more they had a, a media coordinator um and so that was my go-to person for any for the itinerary and i was sent he was really good i was sent to Portkalami, you know for uh, each yeah. day because how many how many media groups went coconut tv i saw when i went there as well how many how many other um, media? Um, yeah, media groups from New Zealand. Because I think I saw Coconut TV. Coconut TV they, and Fresh, Fresh, and Fresh, Fresh was there. Yeah, right, they yeah. were there too. The new guys, you Blue TV, Blue TV was okay. there as well. Uh, Radio Samoa, they. I don't think they had anybody from here, but they have their own oh, local reporter. Yeah. 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 yeah, but for Pacific Media Network, um, it's just you. F- yeah, for oh, yeah. Uh, was me. We also had a journalist. Um, journalist which was really good um, and uh, social media and comms lead hmm. yeah and and I was yeah, just a you know broadcast and host but um, the Portkalami was quite good uh, and the boys were also on time you know um, mm-hmm. if, well. I, if I miss one event <laughs> yeah. then I know I knew exactly where I was going to go to next mm. because of the Portkalami the itinerary so the first day uh, was a parade and then um, the dinner with sponsors, and then the second day, um, it was a photo shoot with uh, with sponsors, a photo shoot with sponsors, and some uh, visiting, um, you know, of um, the hospital, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, residential care for elderly people. Oh. Um, and there were other places that they visited on the second day, and then the third day, which was Saturday, we went to Savai. With the you know with the boys, um, mm. Savai, and then went back to Upolu. Did uh, they have their own parade over there in Savai? Did they have their own parade? Um, they were hosted by two villagers, so oh, they okay. went to one village and um, had a matai title uh, bestowed on uh, Kalmatulangi and the coach, mm. um, and that was the Tulangi oh, yeah yeah the Tulangi's village Fatosi Fatosi Safuklafai and then after that um, they had another uh, meet up with um, uh, Paloli um, which is on the other side of the um, of the of the island and after that um, had a swim at one of the best waterfalls in Samoa one of the best but they didn't have a, a parade similar to mm. what we had in Upolu in Apia they didn't have one like that. And we caught the last ferry back to Paul. Mm. And then from there, the boys went back to... Uh, we arrived at like 6.30 or 7 o'clock in the evening, on Saturday um, evening. The boys went back to um, to their base, returned to paradise. And I had to rush to appear to um, MC. Um, oh. Yeah, the... Um, what do you call it? Um, the uh, Enovia. Sorry. New Year celebration. On, oh, on oh. Saturday... So let's shout out to um, STA, man. Thank you so much for blessing me with um, with that opportunity. Um, they asked me to. So at the at the dinner, the government hosted a dinner for the boys, and that's when um, the government handed uh, their mealofas, a uh, monetary uh, gift. Um, one of the reps from STA asked me to come in and see the New Year celebration um, at the Friendship Park, which is behind the government building. Mm. And yeah, so when I arrived from Savai, uh, six thirty or seven, I rushed to um up here because the event started at eight. Uh. Yeah, lekaeli, <laughs> lynched, 
yeah. When um, so I was blessed with the with that opportunity, and I'm so so humbled to to get that. Um, so and see that that finish at like one o'clock eh, mm. in the morning, and I was so tired. Happy man. New I went straight and straight <laughs> to the hotel. Got early, I moi. And then the uh, following morning, um, Sunday, mm. I was supposed to go and cover the um, Saunenga Lutu. Um, the boys, Tosa uh, Moa, attended Saangapue uh, Whakasa Church on Sunday morning. But um, it's funny, on my way to Saangapu, because I, I get to my village before Saangapu. Um, sorry, I didn't even go to Saangapu, I just went there. <laughs> <laughs> Changed my mind, like... As I was like, you know, driving, getting to closer to my village, <laughs> I was like, might as well go and spend the first Sunday. Because mm. that was New Year's Day. Yeah. So I got a, yeah, so I, went, I ended up going to, um, sorry boys, <laughs> I ended up going to uh, see my parents mm. and attended um, church with my family, you know, first Sunday mm. as New Year's Day. Um, yeah, so, but so that was my my last um, assignment you know, for the boys. Because oh, nice. um, I was the only... Um, was only expected to work four days Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday mm. but Sunday I um, decided <laughs> to, uh, to take that day off yeah nah that's good have to be mm. and it's, it's probably like the right thing to do since it's on yeah, the way you know? yeah while well, you're back home too it was like, yeah. a, it was like a flag eh? yeah, meant to, yeah. Meant to be, <laughs> it was meant to be <laughs> it was meant to be <laughs> I couldn't even turn like Keep going straight, eh? <laughs> it was like something was turning a car to like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, come on, man, I'm gonna go straight. But the car was like, you know, driving. <laughs> come on, man, straight, straight. <laughs> the car was nah. going the other way. Nah, but that's nice. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. You went local mum, dad. Yeah. Shark, that's that sounds like a dream, eh? That sounds like a dream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Switching to the new year. Yeah, yeah. Because New Year's Day there. When when did you have to come back? When was the last day? Came back on Wednesday. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, this Wednesday. This week Wednesday. And um, I couldn't wait. After the um, my Tosa more assignments, mm-hmm. all I thought about was coming home. You know, couldn't wait to um, uh, to come home to my wife and my kids. It's you know when you are at work here, yeah, you do miss your kids, but when you are away. In another country, as mm. next level, eh? Yeah, like you just can't really focus. You have to occupy your time to make sure that uh, you know you're okay mentally, uh, missing your your family. Um, and now it's easier saying goodbye to mum and dad back home than before, because I'm coming home. I'm coming to my family. Mm. Whereas before, man, I used to cry, like, you know, hard, eh, saying goodbye to my mum and dad. But now, knowing that I'm coming to uh, my family, mm. it's it's different now, you know. You just can't wait to get on a plane and come home. Mm. So, yeah, I got back on a, um, got back on a Wednesday, like I said. I said to my wife, don't come to the airport. Um, it's hard bringing two babies, you know. And that long walk from the car park to the terminal. <laughs> yeah, I said to my wife, "You wait home. I'll text you when when the plane is landed, and then and then come." Pick they're me changing up from, that way. They're changing yeah. the whole. Yeah, airport. I mean, leaving I, 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 like I haven't been there. I haven't been there. I haven't seen that yet. It's a long walk, man. Really, yeah. man. Whoever designed that um, <laughs> car park, man. Whoever. <laughs> 
Whatever design, they better relocate the car park back to where it was, man. Yeah, it's probably busy because of the Nevertel car park as well. Mm. And you can't park, you know, the holding. It's sort of like it's been altered, eh? So, you know, the airport the car park area. outside the Nevertel is not there anymore. You can't park there What anymore. are they building there, lady? I've no idea. I, my, I, I was on the assumption that, like, um, yeah, once you go around and you miss it, but once you go straight and go actually head out to leave the airport, that fully takes you down another street. Another street, yeah. Yeah. So you end up at the main lights that's opposite Verissimo almost? Yes, Verissimo, ah. yeah. So it's quite far. So yeah, if you can imagine your gaslight was on and you offered the wrong one in the street, <laughs> you're like, oh, wait. And if they say you journey, it's one way. Then you got to get right around again. Like, yeah, once you miss it, because their petrol station's not there anymore, eh? Yeah, it's not. The gas station's yeah. gone, yeah. <sighs> but they're trying to make it easier, but yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe it's that side of South Auckland that's not paying their land rates and all that stuff. We walk away the development. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Do you see yourself and your family moving back to Samoa one day and to live there? Mm. To be in the, in the near in the future, not in the near future, but yeah, along it, the way. Yeah, to achieve one of my career goals, I have to go back home and and leave. Um, this is. Probably my last, um, uh, what do you call it, career that I want to achieve, not anytime soon, is you have to go and live in Samoa in order for you to, you know, to, to, to achieve that. So that's the goal. But anytime soon, um, I think here is, is home now and it's safer for my kids. Wherever I think my kids feel safe, um, that's where we should be. And... Some of my, um, oh, this has been on my, my ears, like, you know, for a very long time, is to, um, to become a church minister, you know? Because my, my oh. dad, my, my dad served in the ministry. And ever since, I was like, you know, um, it's my 20s. Um, my family's have always, you know, always, something from my church. Oh, you will make a good minister. It's, for me now, it's, when you feel it, you go. Mm. Um, I, I don't feel it, you know, and I can't Not force it. myself to go just yeah. because to please other people. Um, for me, my ministry is what I'm doing in the community right now. Yeah. You know, reaching out to um, to those souls and what I do on the radio, you know, just um, speaking about God on the radio, speaking about life um, and, and how... To um, you know, to look after people, you know, uh, health wise, that's my ministry. Um, yeah, beautiful things. Yeah, that's beautiful. Cause like for me, like on the days that I feel like if I pay a finger car, like mm. you know, and there's you know, especially when you're when you're at home by yourself, cause you know, I, I'm flirting with my kids, you know, like mm. they were my cool now. <laughs> but you know, a post like yours, seeing like you and your family, or like you, even seeing you back home. Bro, that 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 hurts. That hurts because like, bro, you've you've really worked yourself to a position that you can say like, oh, you know, I'm just gonna go. I'll be back. Mm, mm. But that's just you and your family. You know that that's and that's all that matters. But like the outside noise, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter because it's not molding you and how you are with your family. Mm. So when I see posts like that, and I see the work you do in the community, it's like, man, that's awesome, bro. Because like, there's not many. There's not enough of you. Guys like you in the community doing, serving, and also at the forefront, family first, you know, or God first, family. Mm. Like, 
it's, it's, it's so rare these days, you know, because life's so busy. Pe- people say, oh, I'm busy, I'm busy. Mm. But when you go back home, and it's a, it might be a different pace. But to see you back here, it's like, bro, you're still grinding, man. You're still thinking about what's you're ahead. Right. Mm, you're right. And you're long game, bro. That's beautiful, bro. Yeah, it's it's the same as um, my Thai titles, to be honest. And I've shared this to um, some people. Um, I've been asked by my families, you know, both families, my mum and dad's. Um, they wanted to, you know, bestow titles on me. This was before uh, my wife and I got married. But... How I, yeah, it's like a reward, you know, for your service, and as um, as an honor, you know, to have a matai title, to serve your family on another level, and you'll be like um, a protector of your family when you have a matai title. You protect your family, assets of your family that belongs to your families. But for me, I say to my families, um, you know, it's a decision that I and my wife should make together. Why? Because that Matai title would have a massive impact on my wife and my kids. It's, it's, you know, for example, for Ingale, when mum and dad calls, okay, here's a Salfanga for uh, uh, this Matai title, I would need to talk to my wife about it. You know, how much are we going to give? And if my wife didn't agree to my decision, then, you know, it's going to create, like, you know, arguments and disagreements. And um, For me now, it's being fair and cons- be consider- um, considerable as well, you know. Uh, consider your other half, you know, especially if, you know, if you're married um, and especially if it's a lifetime commitment. It's a life- lifetime commitment. You'll always have that title for the rest of your life. And it's going to have that massive and long impact on your families. So I said to my families, um, you got to wait because I need to get married first and my wife and I need to agree on a title, whether it be my, my, my side of the family or her side of the family. At least we both agree together so that um, whatever commitment that comes with that title, I know for sure we are going to um, commit, both commit to it, not just me. I'm going to force my wife to commit to it as well. You know, so it's different. The way I see things now, um, also, is different from other people. And the same as Tatatau. Tatatau, I got it in 2012. Remember, I started serving. Not started serving, but I started sending money over in 2002. Right? I was still in year 13. 2012 marked 10 years of my service. And I thought to myself at the time, maybe I think I deserve to get the better and so when I called my dad and I said look I um I've been serving you and mom and um and our family for 10 years and he knew straight away why um you know why where I was going yeah you want to get a tattoo you don't want to get a tattoo and I say yes you have my blessings come over yeah you deserve it you know for me tattoo it's all the better simply means service nothing else nothing else and I've shared it to a, a lot of New Zealand borns because some 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 of our of a young a young ones as well. They believe if they they don't get it, they don't deserve to get it because they don't speak Samoan fluently. And I say that's not the case. That should never be the case. What I said to them: Are you helping mum and dad financially? Yes. Are you still staying with mum and dad? Yes. Are you serving your church? Yes. You speak Samoan fluently? No. 
that doesn't matter. If you're serving your mom and dad, you give them money, you still make them dinner, you still make their ipuki, you know, you still drive your mom to Orahu or Otara for shopping. That's your service. That's your ticket to get the pea, to get the tatau. Like how many of us are more born who have the tatau but don't really perform what this means to our families and to you as a person, as a, as a, as a husband, as a kaulelea, you know, to your family. We do silly things. For me, I, I don't judge those who have kakao but do silly things. But man, that, it only takes one look at your pea to remind you why you got it. When I, for example, when my wife and I have disagreements, it only takes one look at my pea to remind me, look, you're better than that, you know? You're, you're, you're a better husband than that. Enough, you... You, you you should be the healer. You should be the someone to, that brings the solution to this, uh, you know, to a disagreement. We should use our better like that, our tatau like that, not just uh, getting it to like you know, to, because people you want people to say, yeah, uh, you know, you got a nice better, you got a nice tatau. It's not for decorations. It's not at all. It's to serve your your family. If your husband is to serve your you know, your wife and your kids, and then your family and God as well. Mm. Mm. Now that's 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 something that I've heard before. People say that, right? The, the it's the ser- it's about the service. Mm. Like I've heard ones where people get it and go overseas, but their service to the people overseas, mm. you know, is the same thing, you know. And that's the meaning of it. Now, the you go through the pain because that's the. That's to mm. remind you mm. what you went through because that's what you have to do. Right? That's right. That's right. Uh, and that's yeah, it's something. Because I don't know, I because I'm not really clued up on, on you know the background, other than that. But other than what I've heard, but you know, but then when you see social media well, with these young kids getting mm. it for some mm. for some reason that's not that reason, mm. you know, you hear you hear stuff like that. Uh, even with the with the titles when you talked about. Um, other people getting it like mm. recently. Um, uh, recently, it's Shaky. I think Shaquille O'Neal is gonna get one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know that that kind of stuff. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. I don't get the reason. If it's about service, then why are they getting it? Why are these people like coming in to get their titles, but they're not? They're, they're not related. They're not related or not in the culture. Or, you know, no connections. No connections whatsoever. Mm. So they're called honorary titles. Honorary titles, yeah. You know, there's um, you know, for some doctors, they have honorary PhDs. It's like that, similar, as to honor someone that served, for example, um, our two Samoan coach. Yeah, he doesn't have any Samoan blood connections. No connections to, um, to the village. You know where he got his title from, mm. but he served Samoa. Right. He served Samoa, so it's an honorary title. Right. That has been given, so it's similar, something like that. Mm. Mm. So that's good then. We have that. Yes, yeah, of course, <laughs> it's good to have that matai um, title as an honorary. If we're going mm. to honor someone's service, um, we have like high commissioners of other countries that serves in Samoa, mm. um, and they get titles like that as well. So, to my understanding, it's, um, it's, it's it doesn't mean that okay, you're going to have a say in. Um, in a, in a, in a family affairs, in like you know yeah, the essays and stuff. Mm. No, it's just to honor your service, um, and 
when we do family stuff, we're not going to ask you to give five grand. No, it's, it's nothing like that. Yeah, right. almost right. seems like the sounds like the Queen's athletes on the labor right. weekend, no? Yeah, similar. People of service. Oh, like the the knighthood. Yeah, the knighthood. Yeah, the knighthood is similar <laughs> to that. <laughs> yeah, but we got our own vision of that. That's right. That's my understanding, mm. and that's how I see it. Mm. Well, that's cool that you have touched on both of these subjects because we, we just we were talking about it this week, eh, or the yeah. last parts. Oh like, yeah, cool. Which is cool, yeah. Because I didn't understand. I don't say that. I didn't understand Shaq getting the Messiah title when mm. it came on the paper, and I was like, "What? What the hell?" <laughs> yeah. So there's, like I said, uh, it's different having um, uh, those Matai titles, the honorary titles, and also the Matai titles that that belongs to the family um, to serve um, and look after the assets and protect the families. Um, like I said before, the title that the the Tosamo coach um, has received, that doesn't mean he now has rights to like go back to Samoa and say, this land belongs to me. No, it doesn't work like that. Mm. I mean, that title that he now has um, doesn't have those rights. Mm. Mm. You know, going back to your um, your time in, um, well, on the radio, like, has there only been any day you've had an interview or had someone in the studio that that made you think, man, this is the best like day. This this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, I any, think any guest or any anything. Yeah, so I I get that feeling, especially when I interview young people. Mm. But oh. so far, oh man, I think um, the highlight for me was interviewing the Katina brothers. Oh wow! Yeah, I got to interview them, and. Damn. You know the Katina, yeah, bro. Yeah. I because mean, there was like, bro, a worship fellowship at school. Yeah, like that's all we saw. Yeah, that's, that's all we saw. That's what I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Just having to uh, interview the the brothers, eh? I was like, uh, it was unbelievable for me. <laughs> just actually seeing um, my uh, musical idols, and especially because they're gospel um, singers and. It's um, a group that I've been following for a very long time. I got to attend their concerts, you know, when they came over. I think it was back in 02, 03, or 01, something like that. But um, I get that feeling. Um, man, this is the best job, <laughs> you know. Because I wouldn't have got that opportunity if I didn't become a broadcaster. Oh. And also um, get the same feeling when I interview... Um, People with um, uh, disabilities, um, yeah, I get the, you know, mm. disabilities and, and youth, yeah. But when I get, like, you know, people with, you know, big titles, like, you know, a job titles and stuff, I'm, like, interviewing them as, as my, my job, you know, to interview them. But it's a different feeling when I'm interviewing someone, like, you know, that you have... Um, already have a connection to mm. and especially because I work in the health sector and I see um, the struggles you know um, of our people that have uh, disabilities and mm. our people that have mental health um, you know um, and health inequalities so when I interview people from those um, spaces it just it hits different yeah yeah because you know how you took just touch on the the mental health side of things mm. Like there is a big problem in New Zealand no? mm. with mental health, um, leading to like maybe suicides or depression. Yeah, especially for our people, no? mm. Pacifica people. Mm. Is it from your experience? Is it the same because it's it's Pacifica? Is it the same in Samoa? 
the Samoa have the same the or Tonga or any of the Pacific Islands? Yeah. Do they have the same I think the spotlight on mental health among Pacifica here is different to um than in Samoa. For me personally, um in over here, um we've sort of like, you know, normalized mental health now. But in Samoa there's um there's a, a thinking that everyone is the same. You know, everyone is the same in Samoa. Whether you have mental health or not, um, you're not really getting any counselling or any sort of like, you know, treatment or any uh, medications. And this is from my experience. This is what I see when I'm back home. I'm not um, belittling, you know, the work um, of our health systems in Samoa. But what I see in Samoa is the systems here, I think we are quite blessed and lucky to have um, the the health system that we now have here in New Zealand. To be honest, because um, in Samoa, if someone if someone has like a um, what do you call it schizophrenia or any other mental health um, problems, they don't really see it as a mental health problem. Like you know, it's just a norm. And which then stops them from seeking help and support that they should um, be reaching out for. But over here, um, we're, we're quite blessed because the the schools are connected, you know, with health health services. The schools picks up, um, you know, this mental health conditions quite early and then refer our people to our health professionals. Um, but it's just us not reaching out for our support. To be honest, because sometimes we are. Uh, shy you know fuck am I and you know we are ashamed of what we have and then that stops us from reaching out to health professionals mm. Mm. because because I've been thinking like I, I think that because us us living here in New Zealand living in a in the western world it doesn't cater for that kind of stuff like we have to find a way to figure out how to live in the western world you know and then but in, in Samoa in the islands and in Tonga, it's a norm, like you said. It's a norm. It is a so, norm. So we That's can right. we can like live better because mm. it is the norm. It is a norm, and, mm. and the reason why there's no services for things like that because it is the norm, and they get looked after anyway, or people get. Do 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 they? I don't see. I don't. I don't. I don't know. It's like I said. Um, when I go over, if I've got a cousin that has um mental health problem, they're still at home. They're not at the hospital. You know, they're not at the mm. mental health facility. They're still at home. Like I said, it's normal for them to be at home. And now people there see it as a norm. Um, oh yeah, no, he's just normal. Um, but see, if that guy was here in New Zealand and still at home, it would be not normal. It would be, it it would be so it wouldn't be normal. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, added to the the pressure of life here and how fast it is and everything else, all the other world problems that we have just in New Zealand alone, and it could be a bit much. True, innit? Because over there in Samoa, you gotta have, you know, you have your home village, you know, all your families are living together on one land. But over here, you know, we're living in closed um, mm. homes, and you know, and which contributes to the impact, you know, of a of a mental health among someone that has um, problems. So I guess that's a big difference. Uh, the big the, the family support in Samoa that's is much right. much better. Oh yeah, because we we live with our family over in Samoa. Because <laughs> yeah, everyone's on the one piece of land. Well. You know, you go to um, your village and you see people with someone that has mental health in the kitchen, in Omukuka, mm. just doing... Whereas here, 
we got to be careful with how we look after them. Mm. Oh, you can't, you know, make your own coffee. And what you but, say. Yeah, you can't. Oh. Yeah. What music we play, what Th- perfume That's right. Are. Over there, it's, you know, they're still, you know, cooking and supporting their family back home. Mm. Mm. But, I, but, yeah, I guess that's a big difference. Uh, like, that's probably why we have to figure it out over here. We have more services, you know, to cater for mental health. Mm. Here and... And also with the way of living over here, mm. uh, you know, with the um, the influence of social media, um, it's now happening in Samoa as well. But here it's quite advanced, um, and with many other things that um, the risk factors have, we have more here than in Samoa, um, and yeah, just a lot of things that happened in the past, like the dawn raids, you know, and how we're treated. Because we are living, we're not living in Samoa. You know, there's in Samoa there's one people in Samoa. Over here, uh, there's racism and stuff like that. You know, we're living in um, in the Western world, like you mentioned, um, that have a massive, um, you know, um, contrib- contribution, you know, to the risk factors, and yeah, yeah. So have you seen a uh, like? Because you've worked in the health sector for about ten years now. Have you seen them um, like what, what? What have you seen from start to now? Like an improvement or things getting worse? Or when it comes to mental health, where are people? Well, according to the data, um, it says it's getting better. But for me, what I see out in the community is not the case. Mm. Um, you know, we look at dawn. You know, the sorry, not dawn raids. The um, the rem rate, rem raids. Um, the amounts of uh, youth um, crimes is getting worse. To be honest especially out in South Auckland. Um, the amount of um, young people that have dropped out of schools um, and you see them in, you know, in malls just not working, not in workplaces, uh, unemployment rate you know, is rising. Um, it's, it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and with the, the number of young people that are not attending churches, um, Compared to when I was, uh, um, you know, in in that space when I was a um, youth, um, and also um, people living young number of young people leaving homes, um, it's, it's rising as well. Um, the number of people on uh, social welfare, on work and income benefits, is rising, um, and it reflects the number of uh, home homeowners. People that have um, uh, that are able to own homes now, with the cost of living is not helping, um, and also um, yeah, the, the the technology and we're now living in a in that world now, eh? um, and and gangs as well, you know, heavily involved. Our young people are now going to that directions um, to find and to look for answers, solutions, um, easy money and stuff like that. Yeah. Have you found that that in your time working in the health sector that there are families like you know there's a lot of like um, boot camps and stuff popping up because I, I did see you were working on um, trying to help promote um, people getting active. Mm. Is there enough of that in South Auckland? Because I know like if you look at um, Butterbean, um, David Teller and the work that he's done mm. and he's just a, his own entity out in South Auckland. Mm. 
But do you feel like there needs to be more days out there? Or do you think that government departments can, like, send money towards the South Auckland communities to make South Auckland more like what they've trying to predict? Yeah, I think that the ministry has has done an amazing job, you know, to um, distribute funding to providers such as uh, Dave Letili, Butterbean Motivations and um, uh, Boot Camps. For, for, for what I see, because... Um, local doctors in in Whitecross, we run a uh, fit life, um, and that's run by um, uh, John Mann and Fee and his wife Fee. It's our people not turning up and not utilizing the services. To be honest, there's free, yeah, free services, free services. Yeah, I mean that, that our people are not. That's the most common thing that, I, that I see around. It's, yeah, it's free. It's free. But people people don't want to really. It's common. It's like we got yeah. a gym. We got twenty four hour gyms. Then we have, um, you know, cheap gyms. But when it comes to community initiatives, like one that um, John Mans put out there, free, people don't want to use them. People don't. Yeah. Is that because of advertising or no? Sorry. Because of advertising? No, it's not because of advertising. I mean, it's everywhere on social media now. Oh. A lot of people are aware of it. Even, mm. um, you know, Butterbin as funded. Uh, it's free. You know, free sessions. Even he even offers to go to to homes and yeah. and and help people, but our people are just um, you know we're sometimes we we're comfortable with um you know with what with mm. the life that we now have, and not reaching out you know for that extra support. Um, we don't have the motivation, the manpower you know, um, to drive what we yeah what we want to achieve. Like you know, um, there's there's heaps of free exercises um, classes, even Zumba. Yeah. Uh, a lot of funded Zumba classes, but our people are just not using it. Um, there's, I'm aware there's um, a church-based exercise program called um, HVAS, Healthy Village Action Zone, for uh, the Auckland region. Mm. There's also one for West Auckland is called Enua, Enuola, mm. uh, which is um, uh, led by the Fono. The formal health service, which is just just down the road, and our, our people are not really engaging with our with our service providers. Yeah, oh, sounds like uh, I'm going to sign up to these free. Yeah, free, yeah, look them services. up. <laughs> I think it's more of a self motivation thing. Self self motivation. Yeah. That's, that's right. That um that desire to not wanna, because we were so comfortable and everything's done on the smartphone, we mm. didn't have the desire to just be like, man. And it's not until you reflect. That you can actually see, like, man, I used to be able to fit that off. Or we used to go see, but like every other day. How about pride? Pride, yeah, that's a big one. Does pride got anything to do with it? A big one, a mm. big one. Oh, yeah, I can do it myself. Oh, yeah, I can just <laughs> go for a walk. <laughs> oh, you know, you know, I can just go down to the park and do a lap. And, and, really uh, and after that, it's yeah, after this, yeah, after this one, after this one, we'll get the marching. Oh, after next month, next month, that's right. Yeah, it's a pride. and we th- we think that we can do it all on our own, you know, without um, the support of others. Uh, but that's not the case nowadays, true, you know. Right? Yeah, we sometimes we need to look at others to be motivated. Mm. You know, when you work as a team, you expect to be motivated by your team, by your team, um, you know, your, t- your colleagues. So yeah, even though I don't um, um, really do, um, we do um, our own um, exercise um, trainings, the family. Um, our dance group because you got to be fit, you know, yeah. to be able to dance. <laughs> so we do challenges, um, and also um, 
you know, go to the gym as well. Mm. So you can see, I still look like I'm, you know, when I was in eighteen. <laughs> no, but it's inspiring. Also. That's what I mean. You know, you still look like you're in good luck. And you know, whenever I do a match drop, it's like, oh, you're not that large. Like, just I'll get you a medium. You know, <laughs> yeah, but that's powerful, bro. That's powerful. So, how far did your um your your rugby career go? Your your rugby career, how far did that go? Oh man, don't be don't be humble. Was like tell <laughs> tell the boys, tell the fans, tell the fans. Yeah, um, funny um, because I was I was playing um league um at school, you know, um, and played a uh, a few games for first fifteen. When I was needed, when a uh, lady was injured, and I, then that's when I got caught up, you know. <laughs> but uh, I was mainly a, a, a rugby league um, sort of guy. Um, and then um, after high school, it's funny, I, I was going to go play for uh, you know rugby league. Mm. But then the boys, I saw all the boys going to uh, wait a matter. <laughs> I saw all the boys going to watch the matter, and then uh, they were like texting, oh, you come, come, come play rugby. And so I, I ski. Um, I'll come and join you guys. Um, played um, under twenty ones. Lily remembers, um, uh, you know, three. Um, I think Watamata had the best under twenty one in two thousand and three. Oh man, on paper, hey, on paper. <laughs> no, but for probably the first, both, probably both, for probably the first both. time, um, um, for the first time ever, Ponsonby got beaten in uh, under twenty ones. Oh, under twenty one division, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, for the first time ever. And our um, our team, uh, you know, uh, beat um, Ponsonby even better. We beat them at home. At home, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we had the whole like you know, Calston boys uh, first fifteen. Huh? Uh, and the one of them, you know, yeah, yeah. top side. Yeah. yeah, we had DJ Forbes, um, Anthony Lovemai, uh, Nono, um, uh, Lomi, yeah. uh, Adrian. Um, yeah, so we had the whole team. Faimara. Yeah, pretty much, uh, <laughs> custom. Pretty yeah. much like the last two years, eh? The last yeah. two years of custom festive teams from like, I think it was like 2000 to 2002, eh? Yeah. Was yeah. pretty much playing. Pretty much playing. Yeah, in that um, 20, 21. And um, I was doing okay in a year. And I uh, made the Oakley 19 uh, along with uh, some of the boys. And then... Um, 2004, uh, met the Colts, and I was actually approached by Filippo Saina, who was in Tovahenga, who were involved with the Manusamo Sevens um, at the time. And but um, injuries, I didn't even play um, a game for Auckland 19 because I was injured. But Auckland Colts, I played um, the whole season for Auckland Colts. I was um, blessed to play alongside, uh, you know, DJ Forbes and then, you know, for the Auckland Colts, eh? you know, for. Um, and I got some contracts, you know, um, opportunities through Lindsay Harris, who was our coach um, for our premieres in 05 um, and 06, 07. Um, I was that close to like you know cracking um, top rugby, like you know NPC level um, in '06 and '07 at the peak. But I was doing all these jobs, you know, to earn money, studying full time, 
And in 07, halfway through the season, um, I was late to our team meeting. One Saturday, I, um, I was like 15 minutes late and I got dropped for being late. And that's when I realized I, I couldn't commit to rugby. Mm. I couldn't. Um, then I stopped playing in 07. Up until now, I haven't played um, a game of rugby. Um, I stopped in 07 and I said to myself, nah, rugby is not my thing anymore. Despite, um, you know, um, offers from other clubs and coaches uh, that were willing to like take me overseas, um, I gave it all up, you know, because I wanted to focus on um, work and studying full time mm. to provide for my family. So 07... A sad year for me because I was really enjoying um, playing rugby at the time, and it was good to uh, you know be uh, be playing alongside the boys and running out um, to the you know field at Waitemata, best club in Auckland. Yeah, I mean I have to like treat those guys horn breakers. At the time, like when I was at when I was on my last year. Like the Auckland players, they played secondary schools, and secondary schools back then was picked. Like it wasn't like this time, and like these days they have like a blues, and it's like you have a trial, and there's only one team. That's a collective of South Auckland, West Auckland, and um the Shore. Like that's how the Super Rugby is put together. But back then, they'd have like the best talent from West, the best talent from South East, and they'd have a trial, and from that one big trial, they'd pick three teams. That have the A and B, then that have the development, like just to be part of that makeup, man. Serious, how good you are, of course. And like to go into club then and still keep that, like Lorenzo is that humble. Like he had the A guys from that team, like outside backs, on the bench, because this guy trained. You know, he trained, and to come back into a new season and see, bro, this guy's, he's he's stepped up. He stepped up the speed, you know, the, and and they're running. This guy would have like length for the field <laughs> tries. It's like movies, like yeah, you know, yeah. if he can put on a good tackle and the ball comes down, just give it to Lorenzo because he'll run it right around oh. and bring it under the face. That's what I always remember about our games. Mm. It's like, bro, if we put on a good tackle <laughs> and this, the the ball's free and he's open, bro, he, we, we, we're in. We're in. <laughs> That's a guarantee, like, you know. <laughs> Yeah. But it was so good to see, man. It was just like, you know, because it, it's like playing with the boys like that outside of school. It just mm. felt like we were still at school again, That's right. That's you know? right. And we didn't mm. really get the opportunities to run around at school. Mm. So it was like, man, to have the opportunity to do it, mm. it's like, why not? You know, might as well. I remember, uh, you know, free um, in 21 saying, um, Onehanga, Machawi, I was the coach. Yeah. And that's when we had the uh, waxing then, you know. Usolawaki, Bama, up in the Prims. And I remember um, our coach, uh, Lindsay, um, as we had two Lindsay by the mother, and um, he was telling me before the game um, that um, Onehanga was going to come and watch the, on the 21s. And it was a game against um, Eden. And Eden had a really good 21s at the time too. Um, so yeah, I still remember uh, when I was watched, you know, by the prims and when I was caught up to train. And at the time, if you get caught up to train with the prims, man, it's like, oh man, you're like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. 
Say you're you you please supporter. Okay, please. All day, every day, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing about bringing guys into the space. It's like, babe, you gotta, you gotta, is only one team, huh? <laughs> oh, two teams, the toss I'm on, and then Oakland Blues. Yeah. But you play league too, so who's your league team? And then, who do you support? And around, around, yeah. Penrith and Parramatta. Because oh. when I was in uh, Australia, mm. when, I, when I was 14, and I started 18, um, playing rugby league, I actually played for uh, um, the Penrith um, under 15 over there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And that's why, that's why when I came, um, I wanted to play rugby league for Kelston. Oh. And, and I reckon in uh, my year, we had the best uh, first food in as well, you know, with Tommy yeah. and them. And we made the nationals for the first time, For the first time. First fitting nationals. Yeah. Um, to go we beat St. Paul's. Beat St. Paul's. Yeah. <laughs> beat St. Paul's and go nationals after yeah, that. Go national. And then what happened? We we lost to um, St Paul's in the finals at the, oh, national, the national, but we yeah. beat them here in uh, Auckland. Uh, mm. Auckland yeah, that's a, that, yeah, that team stacked, man. Yeah, some, yeah. We had a lot, of, a lot of um sixteen yeah. and eighteen premier winners. Mm. That great, yeah. Even four way, that's four too. But yeah. Yeah. we had a really good team. Mm. We had a really good team, and Logan Swan was also supporting, helping out uh, oh, the team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So on our. Um, off um, Saturdays because we played um, Wednesday and then uh, if one of the boys is injured in the first 15 and then me and Hummy would like <laughs> go in <laughs> if not no no all the boys are okay then we're going to play um, for the third mm. <laughs> third <laughs> I mean third uh, 15 yeah <laughs> but yeah it's always speaking about it like imagine if they just let us play both codes eh? yeah but I we think Kepler would be yeah. full of trophies, yeah. man. I always believe that. Yeah. How did they do it in custom boys of rugby versus rugby league? With all the boys playing, all the talent that's there to pick from. Like, was 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 the school had a strong stance to rugby union? Yeah. Rather than league? Or that's where all the sponsors and they, yeah. the school always projected that the toughest competition in any secondary school's level is the one So... Mm. It made more sense to go and um, play, try and make the first and seconds because rugby league didn't. Re- the competition was only stronghold because of the St. Pauls and maybe the La Salle Irahu mm. sort of thing, and mm. they went that many schools competing. I'm not too sure what the what it is in other schools, but that's yeah. When I went to school, that's what it was about. It was like, oh, you know, you're gonna. <coughs> this is the toughest competition. You might as well measure yourself against the toughest players. And the other, and and the one in comp. But for you, when you went to when you played rugby league and and custom, was there any like someone trying to get you to play, to play first fifteen or second fifteen or something like that? Yeah, I think Hami and I were lucky enough to like um, be able to play um, a couple of few games. You know, it wasn't uh, those competitive uh, games. It was. Remember, we played a imitational game uh, with a school from is it Japan. Ingl- yeah, Japan, and then we had a sc- yeah, yeah, school from yeah. Ireland. Yeah, Ireland. Yeah, so me and Ami got a chance to play. <laughs> but that's cool, though, way. Eh? That was cool, though, man. Yeah, bro, I remember that because I remember Tux played one game first yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's choice because it's like if you had the competition game on the week, mm. on a Saturday, then you put your best first team, but 
yeah. yeah. But then you got to pick these boys to complete. <laughs> so me and, and, and I was like, damn, bro, that guy would have you running for, uh, run for your money yeah, if that guy was actually starting. Yeah, yeah. We actually had more um, spectators, you know, yeah, watching right. the game than the, the, the competition the game. That's <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Yeah. So who do you support in the NRL? Who's your team? In? In the round. In the round? Yeah. Penrith. Oh, yeah, that's right. Penrith and Power. So you would have been happy when they won the... Yeah, yeah. So Penrith first, Parramatta Eels second. Parramatta. <laughs> and as long when, as you're um, from the west Jared of Hain. Sydney. No, it was only when uh, Jared Haynes started playing for Parramatta. Oh, yeah. Because it was actually uh, an idol, you know? Mm. I don't know. I feel sorry for that guy going to prison like how he did. I know. You know, that's sad, man. Life, you know, mm. <laughs> that's a fall from grace. That's a fall from, from grace, considering a guy like that being a superstar in the NRL at mm. uh, one time and then going playing the NFL, NFL, you know, trying for that and, and then came back, coming back and going to prison. Man, that's mm. <laughs> that's unheard of. Eh? Yeah. How can you do two great things in life and then fall down like that? Eh? Like I know. You know, sometimes God takes us to down to the lowest, you know, to get back mm. up, you know, and. Uh, and now uh, Jared Hayden is now in a good space, to be honest, because um, he's been released and he's been um, off the spotlight, not on social media. Mm. Um, it's just focusing on himself, you know. I did see he was supporting the party, though. Yeah. I did yeah. see that he was on the background. He was posting, yeah, yeah, and he was posting up, up on, uh, mm. on social media as well. So sometimes, you know, um, God takes to do the low of the lowest, you know, mm. um, for you to rise back. I've been learned from your past. Never walk back into your past. Mm. You know? Yeah. So you know, you know, in regards to sports, what you do on 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 the radio, what's what's happening there? With is, is the radio trying to uh, promote sports more? Oh, it's because you did the um the translation, the the ngana, commentary. commentary. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. is that? Because um, it, was, it wasn't it was on Moli TV. I saw it on a delayed oh. coverage of yep. one of the games you did. Was it just for the uh, Samoan Language Week? Or was it, it was a part few? of Samoan Language Week. It was part game. of that. So, um, so when are you going to grow it? And <laughs> 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 Sorry, out of nowhere, I was asked by Sky Sports to, um, oh, yeah. to, uh, to do commentary in Samoan as part of the Samoan Language Week celebration um, on Sky Sports. Um, but you know how... On your Sky Remote, if you press that yellow button, then there's like several commentary um, language yeah. uh, commentaries. Yeah. So yeah, so I was asked, and then um, I was I was like, oh, who should I take to um just, you know, to um co-commentate with? Mm. And so I I asked um Manusamo Legend, the man himself, <laughs> uh, Hanger. Yeah, so he um he we paired up and we did two games and um and then I did. Uh, one nip, two netball games, and the exhibition game for Stephen Adams. Oh. Yeah, so I did five games, commentary, someone commentary mm. it was actually funny. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was funny because, um, you know, with my Samoan and it was fun. Just uh, it's like you were hosting, but another way of hosting, like you mm. know, no one's in front of you, just yeah, the TV screen yeah. or the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I was getting messages from my families and friends <laughs> silly <laughs> but it was cool dude yeah. you know when I flicked over because I saw 
I saw you and sort of sitting there and just like, it must have been like a little snippet of you just cracking up. Yeah. So when I started searching it and I was like, man, I managed to catch the second half. Yeah. But I was like, loving it, eh? You know, because yeah. I'm sick of Justin Marshall's voice. But <laughs> if I listen to that guy commentary, I turn on my music and turn it up. But yeah. just to hear it in Samoan, I was like, Oh, it's different. Man, like, where has this been? Yeah. To me, yeah. it's like, where has it been, man? Like, why isn't it uh, every every weekend? Yeah. Thing? Why is it? Why is it only on someone Angus week? Why can't they continue? I I have no idea, but um, I really hope um, and that's what I um, I'm actually thinking about um streaming, you know, the Manu Samo Savings games, and instead of um, and, and me, you know, doing commentary in Samoan, because mm-hmm. um, the feedback I got from our older generation. Um, it's quite good for them to hear someone commentary live. Um, it's different from watching a normal game being commentated in English. That's the truth. Uh, yeah. Even if you're not, like, the beauty I took out of it, right? See, even if I wasn't watching the screen and I just went and did something in the kitchen, just yeah. to hear. Just like, to hear. Because you can hear the energy. Yeah, yeah. You can hear the energy, like. <laughs> What's that? What's that? What? What? Little things like that. But it's like okay, it's a rock. There's nothing happening. Yeah. You know. And so Vahinga, he was amazing. Eh? Mm. I would. I was. Um, um, he was pretty much my analyst. You know, and I was commentating. Uh, you know. Um, and then I would be like, that's all my It was funny. But hearing that, it's mm. good. Like, cause yeah. then you know, ah, cause you didn't, you didn't even need to hear the replay because you got somebody. So you should have passed the, you should have passed the day. Then I'm already greedy. Then I'm already greedy. Tano, tano vision. Cause I hold tano vision. Yeah. So I think I'm gonna do the same for, um, but on my own on on PM in Samoa, because uh, I I streamed some of the Tosamo games. Mm. Right. The amount of people that were like watching it. Eh? Um, so there's an, a need. It's a need, you know, for mm. our people to see those um, live streams. So for uh, the Hamilton Seven um, uh, comp that's coming up on the 21st and 22nd of Jan, I'm gonna ask PMN if they can send me down there. You know, just um, uh, go live and provide mm. someone commentary. Mm. Cool, oh, that's, that'll be cool, man. Yeah. That, that's neither thing. We need yeah, that. It's overdue, man. It's overdue. <laughs> <laughs> like, but yeah. that's that's a platform you guys have at PMN, no? Like, yeah, but we do promote sports. Do mm. Yeah, we yeah. do promote sports. We um, have uh, um, you know former or current players, you know, from from sports teams that come on the shows very, mm. very often. Uh, for example, Mona Pacifica, they've been on the show for um, for many times, and. I was also uh, blessed with an opportunity to uh, be the ground announcer for the Pacific Island Sevens tournament mm. um, late last year. That was out of Manukau, eh? Out of Manukau, yeah, yeah. yeah. So from MC now ground announcement, <laughs> that was my first time doing uh, as, a, as a ground announcer. It was good. Mm. Uh, it's a, a mix of uh, a ground announcement and MC mm. and an entertainer as well. Oh my gosh. Would the next one be like, um, come on, Nick, and slip into politics or oh. like a board? <laughs> Possibly? Nah, uh, we'll see. We'll see. For me, if an opportunity comes, I'll take it, you know, with both hands. But if it's God willing, it will happen. Mm. Yeah, it will happen. It's um, interesting about the commentary thing, of the sports commentary, because 
you know with um with podcasts like podcasts anyone can do a podcast yeah and put it out there on the same same platform as anyone else mm. like um because when we go on spotify we're right next to everyone else that's on spotify too like tvnz or anyone else mm. you know the difference is that they get all the views we don't because no <laughs> one knows us that's the only difference but we're on the same platform so there's so podcasters allowed people to just be their own rep, their own like uh, radio station mm. you know anyone anyone can do it you know anyone can do it what i heard the latest technology they're trying to figure out is to do the commentary sports commentary where anyone can do it so so you can have an app where you if you're watching the game and you can go in your app and pick any commentary from anyone around the world like anybody that's making up a commentary oh like someone that's watching the game and podcasting about it but they can put it on this app and you can just tap into it watch the game and hear it and watch the game and hear it do you earn money from it from doing well, I'll, I'll find well, out it depends it depends it depends yeah, if you're I'll find out it depends yeah. if you're popular or not yeah. but that but that's a tech, that's a, a future technology thing wow. that I heard like they would be cool though because like yeah. examples like if you go to Eden Park and you watch the game and you can't hear what they're yeah. watching because it's a second or two delayed mm. at least you can go on your phone put your beats in or whatever tap it and you can actually hear it Hear it audio oh. to the game you've seen in front of you. We can be like, "Oh, what happened there?" Like you know, instead of, oh. mm. and then you look up at the screen, you wait for the delay, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So at least you can hear it back. Mm. Like, oh, that's oh, those forward pass. Oh. So what that does is that like, so you can tap into like any sport um, thing on your phone, like in anything that comes on simulcast on the radio, or, um, mm. like maybe you guys or someone else, TVNZ or someone else doesn't matter. But you can also tap into anyone. That's doing it for fun, <laughs> you know. Because maybe, maybe you don't like to hear, um, maybe you don't like to hear Justin Marshall. Maybe you want to hear someone from the hood talk about, or someone down the street, or someone in Brazil, or I don't know, someone in Samoa, or someone in anywhere in the world, rather than the mainstream mm, commentary. Commentary, yeah. And you wow. can tap into whoever's just doing it in their garage. Amazing. Mm, yeah. Mm. So yeah, that's. I heard that's the next like sort of thing that might happen in the in, in the future. Mm. I'll look into it. But you know, with you working on the radio and stuff, like even with um, with podcasts, what impact has podcasts have have had on the radio? Like you know, mainstream mm. mainstream media, like mainstream radio, my FM, New FM. You guys, are oh, New FM is part of you yeah. guys. But anything like in NZR, One ZB, like you know. You know they they get to put on on the radio station, but radio station have rules in there. But podcasts they don't. Yeah. You know so and podcasts are probably in New Zealand a new and a new thing. And I can see a lot of radio stations um, breaking down their shows into podcasts and putting them on Spotify, mm. putting them on these platforms. Yeah, on River and stuff. Yeah, on River and like just if you're a music radio station, you cut out the music and just put the talking mm. and stitch the talking together and put them on the podcast. Well, they might have some. Some radio people start their own podcast, mm. and they go, "I've seen that now." So, it's 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 becoming a big thing now. It's um for me as um you know as a podcaster for Five Feet One, um, podcasters I see them as a competition. You know, uh, to be very honest, and also a threat to um, traditional radio stations such as you know My FM, um, New FM, uh, Five Feet One. And with the um, some of the podcasters are more advanced in terms of social media, mm. 
um, and doing podcasts, you know, with all the live streaming, more mm. advanced than radio stations, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, and the way they set it up, uh, using blue screen or green screen, or it's uh, more advanced than um, than us um, that are working on our on our radio stations. And to be honest, I I don't find um, those um, old school radios at home now. People are now watching True that, eh? on on TV or on their phones. Even my my wife's um, grandma, she watches it on um, on TV or even on an iPad. So the the traditional radios now um, are at risk of losing views, viewers, and listeners because of the amount of uh, podcast shows that are up, you know, and running now. And uh, some of them are even better, to be honest. Way better. And way better. And like I said before, some of the things that you you have to say on a, on air, on a radio, you 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 can't, you can, you, you can say a lot of things on, on a podcast or a live. Me doing a live from Samoa, you know, it's different from hosting because you're going to, you, you know, have uh, ethics and, and, and rules that you need to follow. So I think I'm a big fan of podcasts, to be honest, because I can do my own thing on it. <laughs> yeah, do my own thing. And sometimes I do it, um, not on uh, PM in Samoa, 531 platforms, mm. but on my own. Um, and people love it because it's not too formal, you know. It's very very casual um, and you can say whatever, you know. Mm. Yeah, respectful though. Yeah. Mm. But for a person like you working for PM in, like, and if you go out and... Let's just say you do a po- your own podcast and you say whatever you want, mm. and doesn't align to what the radio station yeah. is aligned to. Mm. Would would they have the right to say, "Oh, you're part of us. You can't say that," even though you've got your own podcast? Um, <clears throat> no, this is, that's not the case because um, some of us hosts we have our own podcast, mm. and I am planning to have um, start up my another podcast. Um, it's catered for Samoan borns, and it's coming up um, not anytime soon. Oh, but nice. I have an idea. Um, that would never stop you from, you know, and so long as when you're at work, ripping PMN, you follow those ethics and those rules. But um, and and for us as broadcasters, we you know we do know what to say. Like on our own podcast, you know, we're not going to to say anything that um, what do you call it. Um, that gives um, PMN a bad name or no, hmm. no. Like for example, um, you know, John Pulu, uh works on PMN and Tang Pacifica. Um, we've got Aggie. Um, she has her own show podcast, and she hosts our morning show. Tofinga has her own podcast, and hosts our uh, mid morning show. Um, yeah, so. If uh, if the opportunity there to host you to have your own podcast, I don't see why you know you, um, you know they stop you from doing so because that's actually um, um, reaching out to more people, more views, and you bring that audience to PMN. Yeah, yeah, and they benefit from it. You mm. have your own following, and your followers follow you. Sometimes they don't follow their brand, but they follow you, so they benefit. You bring the fo- the you know the followers. Uh, to be men. Mm. Mm. Do, you, do you listen to much um, to much podcast? Do you, do you listen to much podcast? I do, I do. I've listened um, to um, you know to your podcast, um, 
enjoyed some of your um, you know your interviews um, mm. because it's real talk. I've got a segment on um, PMN um, Samoa. It's called Real Talk, and that's no hiding behind you know yeah. no beating around the bush as real talk. So that's what I love about podcasts because it's quite open and it's quite casual. It's quite um, like you you actually talk from your heart and you have all the time to think about what you say and you know whereas when you're on the radio you <laughs> either have five minutes or ten minutes you know <laughs> to, to say like you know a long story um, and you can't really tell a full story because of your time mm. that's been given um, and that's uh, the beauty of having a podcast because like we've been talking for like maybe over an hour now and um, it's enjoyable um, at the same time because mm. you, you're connecting with me I'm connecting with Litty um, we'll like some drinks in and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's the beauty. That's the beauty in al- alone and just tell a no, eh? Yeah. And it's the most unutilized tool that everybody has, and they don't. And it's free. That's right. And there's people just don't choose to use it. It's like mm. man, it's just have a yarn, and that's all it is, man. It's powerful. It works for everyone, you know. Mm. You, everyone can gain so much just by having a tell no at a table. Yeah. And it's simple. Yeah. Mm. Simple as form. You know, have you had interviews where you, you had to cut things out, but you wanted to stay in? There's so much good gems that, you know how radio is like, only yep. you need to shorten it up. That happens a lot. You have to cut out some. Yeah. That happens a, a lot of time. But what I do, um, you know, if an interview goes um, over time, I would invite the guest for a second interview. So then we, you know, carry on from where we left um Left off, you know, in the second, uh, in the first interview. Mm. So I don't want to, I wouldn't um, go over time because of the time schedule, but I, I would invite um, the guests for maybe three interviews mm. and then we continue to tell Anwar from there. Because like a series, yeah, oh, that's my yeah. way of doing it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So you, you've produced uh, quite a few um, uh, sort of stories now mm. since you've been there. Mm, mm, mm. Like, what what's one story that oh, is it is it the process of like you know how you have you know when you said you you went to someone you had a journalist um come with you mm-hmm. what what was what was the different jobs you guys had like you you were the producer yeah the journalist had to go get the story yeah and you had to what yeah. was the, what was that um so uh, relationship we, like so we all worked together uh, we all you know um worked together me hosting streaming at the same time and and at the same time um my colleague the journalist was like you know looking for a nice story to cover uh, for example an interview we covered a story of um Chanel Harry Starvita mm-hmm. uh, who was the only player from New Zealand and quitting the game at a very young age mm-hmm. at the pig he just came finished the World Cup campaign and he was one of the best players. Um, so he was looking, journalists were looking for a story like that um, that has been um, hardly covered by other media. And and this guy that I went with, uh, he's really good at what he does. And he, you always look for something that ha- hasn't been um, covered before. Um, and he, he released, I think... Uh, three or four articles, you know, from Samoa, which was really good, you know, for the amount of time that he was over there. He was, um, he got to interview the coach, some of the senior players, including the, the captain. Um, so the way he asked questions, 
as a journalist, it's different from how I ask questions as a host. Mine is like, like I say, it's very casual. His is like a presenter, you know, um, the way he asks his question, the way he designs his questions. Mm. So the beauty of having um, 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 one team like that, a journalist, um, a host, and someone to like post the small content up on social media, um, we we had a person like that, um, Ella. She was feeding on social media um, pages, you know, with all the stories and uh, mm. the reels and stuff. So it was good to have uh, both of them and have all, because some people prefer to read, you know, mm. than just watching the live. Some people prefer um, short videos than watching a two hours live. So that was the idea behind taking all three of us. Mm. Mm. I, I learned. I learned. <laughs> I, I learned recently because of the short attention span on people, especially mm. the new generation, like with TikTok and all that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like the, like some articles need to be shorter now. Absolutely. Like five hundred words. <laughs> like because of the short. Or, or maybe span. shorter than five hundred words. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and that was interesting when I heard that. Like, so, this guy, how he does it? Mm. If he thinks that the article is too long. He cuts it short and then add the interview. Right. Yeah. To like minimize all the mm. writing and stuff. Just add the the main highlights of the interview. Mm. He's really good at what he does, you know. That's so efficient. Yeah. That's simply efficient. Like, man, that's to the T, like how you get it done. Yeah. Like, without leaving anything out. Anything out. And acknowledging the the key factors. The key, mm. yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. Like, smart. Yeah. I like how some magazines I've, I've read of some there's some magazines in, online that you can press play and they read the article to you. Oh yes, yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. good. Like, yeah. I think New York Times they do it. Yeah, like sometimes some of the articles like you can there's a play button. That's right. But I, I also think it's good to have um, writings as well because mm. people are different. Like we, we're either visual learners or. Uh, what do you call it? Um, the other type of you know people. Mm. Uh, for me, I still prefer to read read articles, and that's my preference. Um, some people they wanna hear. Uh, yeah. They they, yeah, they 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 prefer to hear the articles. Mm. Yeah. You know, with the um, with our people and and journalism, uh, do we have a lot of, mm-hmm. of Pacifica? Um, Pacifica journalists out there? Not a lot, to be honest. Um, and do we need more? We do. Because we need these stories to come we out. We do, we do. And to be articulate in a way where we can like, put put these stories out there. Because when I think about some of these articles that come out, like from from the Barangis, like, from their perspective. Yeah. You know, that, and that's the biggest problem. Huh? Like, and, and they're probably not interested in stories that we're interested in. They just want to get the job done. They just want to get the job done, but... Yeah. but the other thing that that falls down is that man we got heaps of stories about our people like mm. I, like man I try to do my best to bring these stories out on the podcast mm. with, with guests that come in and talk about their, their journeys and I don't care who they are mm. you know as long as they're brown and from West Auckland <laughs> I'm biased because it's West Auckland <laughs> but you know if they're, they're Samoan or Tongan or Fijian or, yeah. or, or whoever like everyone's got a good story to tell because mm. it's the way we live it's us you know and and I feel like mainstream, main with mainstream, there's like a barrier, and and there's rules to mainstream that doesn't let the true, rawness of our stories come out in mm. a way where we understand or we want to hear or mm. the stories we want to know, 
it's always the stories of the people that have made it to the top and but Absolutely. there's never stories on the, the people on the ground yeah like we are on the ground and i like to think back on one three five is like people on the ground i'm talking to people our people mm. people on the ground and i think if we have more of our pacifica as as journalists in the mainstream they can we can have a voice mm. yeah more of a voice mm. i know new zealand herald they um started something last year it's called Delanoa pacifica so there's um specific page for pacific stories um and that was um all started by um you know pacifica journalists that are working in uh, new zealand herald and also for as you, you know, your question whether we have enough we don't have enough and like you said we've got many stories to cover uh, there's always a story about Pacifica, whether it be Tonga, Samoa, Fiji, Tuvalu, Niue, Tokelau, Cook Islands. There's heaps of stories. I think the barrier now is funding, to be very honest, because we've got, as for Pacific Media Network, we can travel you know, to the islands and cover many stories, but uh, limited funding um, doesn't allow us to do that. And also, um, there's a, there's now a program, it's called, I think, Otto or something. It's a, spe- a special program for Pacific uh, journalism, um, which now uh, provides an opportunity for Pacifica to pursue journalism as a career. Mm-hmm. And I think when I was at uni, journalism wasn't really a big thing for us Pacifica. But now, as um, there's a, a big interest from young people to pursue journalism as a career pathway now which is good to see uh, because like you said uh, technology social media it's where we're now telling our stories um, and it's good to see young people thrive in um, in this space we've got a young person from De La Salle Boys and he's now working as a video editor for us self-taught self-taught no 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 education no graphic designs, no video design education, um, straight uh, from La Salle, and he's now working for us. So it's good to see young people like that taking advantage of um, you know social media and technology, um, because if that's where they they're good at, you know they they need to you know keep digging into that space. Mm. That guy that you said that works that came out learning on his own, that doesn't surprise me because the amount of Music videos from our people, our young, our youngsters out mm. there making music videos, doing TikToks, doing, mm. creating content on social media, like mm. influencers and especially the, the Pacifica ones. Mm. Like, mm. I've seen some of the videos they put up, like so, like, like professional. Yeah, that's you know, right. with, with the lighting and the and the <laughs> and the and the video editing and yeah, all yeah. that kind Johnny, of stuff. Johnny, Johnny Tuivasa. Johnny Tuivasa. Johnny probably one of the best, man. Yeah, that's right. Like. You know, but see, that's what I mean. Like those guys that are just they went to school, they didn't go to school, but they just no. learn from YouTube or learn on their own. Mm, mm, do it. So, mm. so that kind of stuff doesn't surprise me. Like there must, there, there's a lot out, a lot of people, a lot of kids out there with skills in that and and they're earning money now. And they're earning, yeah, earning money. Like you know, that's that's good to see. Mm. You know, when you talked about um, New Zealand Herald having that space for Pacifica, like what what's that column called? Or what's that? Talanoa. That's New Zealand Herald Telenor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, see, my my thing about all that kind of stuff is that it's only 
I think the only people going to read that is our people. Mm. Like no one else is going to read it. Mm. Like the Balangis ain't going to read it. If they see anything that's to do with they'll us, skip it. They'll, they'll skip. Mm. You know? <laughs> because when, cause I think there's so much of a uh, disconnect with our two cultures of the Western world and us. Mm. Not not even just Samoans, like Tongans, um, Maori, and the Barangis, you know, th- there's a disconnect. There's no sense of can we merge? Can mm. can you guys do? You guys want to understand where we're coming from? Mm. No, they don't. Th- th- that's what I think. And how how do we tap into the? How do we how do we how do we stop that? How do we mm. how do we design a bridge? And I think the best way to do that is for us. And this is the reason why part of this West West Network started. Is because we talk about the stuff that they're into. Mm. Like we, like some like my friends who are into sports, especially sports, you know, because we don't just talk about rugby mm. and rugby league, which is dominated by Polynesians. We talk about all kinds of sports, mm. like tennis, cricket, which are dominated by other other ethnicities. But we're into it too. Mm. Mm. So if we we're, we're talking about say. If, Say cricket, for instance. Like, I don't see any Pacifica platform talking about cricket because mm. it's not our game, mm. you know? But I know a lot of Polynesians, a lot of a lot of Pacific Islanders, they love, they love cricket. Love cricket. And mm. if we talk about cricket, mm. Peace Balangan is going to think, hey, what do these guys know about cricket? But hey, we probably know more than you do. <laughs> but we'll talk about it. But we're going into their space. Mm. And that's the thing I'm... Um, that's the thing that I, I see that a way to build that bridge mm. because anything to do with our people in mainstream media with, with Pacifica, you label that name to anything on mainstream media, <clears throat> just only our people going yeah. to look into it. For me personally, uh, I, I get what you're saying and um, that's quite common out in the community now. And there's a bridge there to, you know, to um, um, the gap, you know, that needs to be um, bridged, right? But for me, it doesn't really worry me. It's not really a concern for me. Why? Because what if they don't read our stuff? It doesn't really worry me if other people don't read stories about Pacifica. What worries me and what concerns me more is our own people reading our own stories and understand it and give credit to it and praise it. Like I said, um, we've got to look at within our circle first. A lot of us Pacifica are more interested in other stories, not our own stories. But for me, um, if our Pacifica, um, you know, um, just reads our um our stories um more than other people then that's uh, for me yeah yeah sicky that's the way it should be it doesn't worry me if other people don't even you know give 10 seconds to read our stories to be honest but if our little our young generation read our stories yeah that's that's a win for us that's a win for us read it and understand it it's the main thing for me as a broadcaster. Um, I don't even care, you know, if Balangis 
um, you know, don't read our stories, to be honest, or listen to our uh, podcast or what we say. Doesn't worry me. Doesn't put food on the table. Doesn't put any extra or further understanding to what we believe in. Um, I'm more worried about our young people, um, you know, understanding and reading our stories um, that are, they have been archived and posted um, than other people uh, reading it and say a lot of stuff about us. To be very honest, mm. if they skip it, fine. Um, yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. That's just my my belief as a broadcaster, and that's what I would love to see our young people do. Um, as you, as you get into that space, for example, podcasts like yours, um, my go and watch other people's podcasts when we have our own. This is where we tell our stories now. You know, come and watch us and hear your people. Because we can relate, you know, we're from the same culture, same heritage, same understanding. We do things very um, similar. So, and I think that's the same as how Balangi other people think. Why watch us when it doesn't really add anything to their it's way to of their living, a way of life? You know, it's the same thing. That's um, my understanding. Yeah, as a podcaster. But you're yeah, right. That, that that's true though. It, it doesn't add any right now. It doesn't add anything to their lives. Like they, they don't care. <laughs> but and I, and I think that's what cultivates racism. When when you don't know the other person's culture and you and you think you're better than them because yeah. you neglect them in a way where man, you that's you guys. I have a problem when it comes to that. Mm. They don't watch it. But then they criticize us. Yeah, that's right. They, yeah. They, they that's when it. I have a problem. They're big on it, but then it's when they use us too. That's right. Like you know, to to get their way or get something out of us. Absolutely. Yeah. Whereas, like you know, like Cam's just talking about, like how how as a network, like he's the face. He's he. It's Pacifica. Our stories are Pacifica. Like having you on because you're around your KB. You're always you're you're always looking proud, but you're out in South Auckland. Like that to me is like those are the stories that resonate with people, and they should inspire because there's no one doing the work that you guys are doing, and like that's a that's a given. There's no one doing the work that you do. There's no one doing the work that you do. Like to have you both here in one space, this is gold, man, and it's archived, and it's like what we can take out of it, the learnings and even just the the yarn and listening back to it. Well, hopefully someone hears this mm. and they can aspire to do better. And this, and like competition is a good thing. It's, it never was to be little or make it one-sided. I just see so many things growing from this platform, mm. the platform that you're on, and the work that we're giving back to the community. I like what you said, Lily, um, about um, just passing the the ball to the next generation, eh? um, and also supporting them, um, the young ones. I've taken a step back from emceeing, um, and I started doing that at the end of last year. I gave um, another also and a sister an opportunity to MC uh, a Christmas fun day in Mangere, and I was just managing the stage, you know, uh, making sure the performances are you know on time. And that's what we should do as MCs and as podcasters, broadcasters. We should really be, we shouldn't be at all, like you know, yep. like thinking that it is our own, but no, it's our own to pass on to the next uh, generation. Eh? So for me now, is um, and I've worked with um, 
I've emceed with this guy for he go MC with me on the um, on the stage at the Otara event. Yeah. I was amazed by um what he did that night. And when I saw the talent, um he's also going to be part of um BMN Samoa. He's gonna um be yeah, train up and because I see the talent in, in the guy. And um for me, don't be greedy, man. You know, it's what you know now, what you what you have now, the experience that you have um, bless someone else, you know, with what you have, um, and don't be afraid to uh, be uh, that other people are gonna be better than you. No, be happy with what you have, and uh, you know, and if other people are better than you, then they are meant to be better than you. Um, oops, you reminded me because you know the when all that stuff with the last and Carson happened, and mm. you showed face, and Tonto showed face, Jamie E showed face. When we were there. When the opportunity was given to the head boy of Lasau to say a few words. Mm. And he said, the only time you look down at one of your brothers is when you're helping them up. Mm. And like that, that alone is like the mindset of someone who could, who can change lives or who can make things better. Mm. Hey, that's what we just need to pass on to everyone is to let them know, bro, believe in your abilities. Mm. You know, because if you don't believe in yourself, like, you know, you're just stuck with nothing. Yeah. But like I believe, I love that I love that and I love that thought that frame of mind. So like, mm. really like, there's enough room at the table for everyone to eat. That's right. Ah, so I feel my like it's mm. welcome. You know, mm. bring it bring it on board. Like, yeah, this world's big enough for everyone to play. Yeah. You know, and be very careful with um, thinking that you own what you have, because God can take anything away from you just like that. Absolutely. What you have. It's um, it's you know, it's a blessing from God, and it's you need to bless others with what you have been blessed with. Um, it's like um, you know, um, that parable in the Bible, you know, um, of different talents, you know, you go and hide it, not sharing it, God will take it away from you. And I've seen that happen to um, you know, some people, mm. and it's because they think they own it, and they think it's theirs, but it's not. You're like a, a steward, you know, you look after something. Um, you know, you guard something, you protect something, and then when it's your time to pass it on to other people, you pass it on. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing it already with my kids, you know, teaching them how to uh, how to siva, you know, doing TikTok with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I see it like, you know, it builds their confidence, you know, to perform in front of people, um, to, to talk, you know, in front of people. So you pass it on to the younger generation now, like what you, what you guys are doing now, um, inviting people like, you know, um, like us, like those and our sisters to come on the show and share their their stories. Great man. Mm-hmm. And that's why uh, when you asked, I was like, Oh yeah. Sicky. Sicky. Like and some some people also like you measure like you say yes or no to like to how big you know that media is saying. I hate that mentality, eh? If it's a podcast, ah, uh, then I'm gonna come up with excuses not to come here. But when it's like Fresh TV or TV One or Coconut or <laughs> bro, I, 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 I don't like that mentality. Yeah. And I've said it to some True people, like you know, mm-hmm. um, when I'm coming to like when I'm asking you to come and be interviewed on my show, uh, you second guess, ah, uh, I'm busy. <laughs> but when TV One or or TV Three, uh, and I and I'm like, uh, okay, then, then okay, we're them, not good enough. Yeah, we're not good enough. You only get three minutes. I was gonna give you thirty minutes. <laughs> at least you know it's real, well. Yeah. At least you know. So at least you uh, so watch so it. At least you know, you know it's real. You, yeah, yeah. When you yeah, come yeah. out from work and you watch TV and you sit down, relax, and yeah. you turn on TV, so like that guy was supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you only got what thirty seconds. 
<laughs> you come back and ask me, uh, you're going to wait for 30 years. <laughs> it's when they do that comeback and you're like, do you reckon there's any chance I can get on now? When it's that one. Yeah. And, and um, when, I, when I was in Samoa, um, um, I was I was very honored to uh, be invited by TV5, TV Lima Samoa, um, to just to be on their show, uh, morning show. And it was a one-hour show. Yeah. Um, for me, um, never... Uh, measure, you know, uh, never judge others, you know, by their successes or, you know, if if you get opportunity, go because that's, you, know, you just never know. Some people that you can't reach on, you know, the mainstream media, the podcast can reach to those people in, in a mm. message that you are trying to, you know, preach in your ministry. So, uh, don't look down on, uh, you know, on others. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I love about the Whistles Network in this podcast is it's the way we talk, you know, like that's the way we talk when we're with our boys, you mm. know, or with our friends, you know. That's the way we talk all the time. Like, there's no, we don't watch what we say and stuff like that. But it's like it was for me. I like to be reminded about how it was back in the days when I was drinking with my boys in the garage, mm. you know, having, yeah. having a yarn, you know, having a chat, having a about anything mm, you know mm. and, and that's kind of like the style but as as a Samoan as you know as a Pacific Islander living in New Zealand like that's all of us how we talk mm. and it's funny you know we talk funny you know like that's different that's a different um, style to anything else in in New Zealand to mm. the Balangis to mm. you know to everyone else and like just to showcase how we talk and be comfortable coming mm. to the studio and just, you know, just talking normally how we talk and putting it out there for everyone to enjoy, you know, for so someone out there to to listen to, you know, that that's something that I think that could expand into mainstream. Like, can you imagine the the boys talking on, like taking over the commentary in, in the All Blacks games, mm. you know? Can you mention some Islanders? Can you imagine the finger c- commentating? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. man. But, no, but, but not... That, that's boom. A, but yeah, not sticking it. to the rules, but yeah. talking how we talk. Yeah. Talking yeah. to all how all of us talk. Adding our sense of humor Add, to it. Adding yeah. our sense of humor to it, you know? Ooh. Or going on to any of these shows on TVNZ yeah. or TV3 or Crowd Goes Wild. Imagine if Crowd Goes Wild, those guys replaced by Island guys. Yeah, talking about yeah. all that stuff, you know, like like us, I mean, way better, <laughs> way better, you know, like that's us, man. That's yeah. that's the way we are. Like, I think, and th- and that's what I think. I love to put things like this out there, mm. so people can hear it and other people can re- relate to. Like, mm. man, that's how we talk. So you know, like, I, I think one day we'll have something like that in in mainstream. One day, one day, one day. Yeah, we'll man. Be. At least we can say, in this lifetime, our lifetime, yeah. it has to be done. It has to be done. You know, we owe it. We owe it to the next generation to have something like that. Mm. You know? Sweet man. <laughs> so, so what's happening uh, next? Next few weeks f- for you? What's happening? So, um, going back to work. Um, you know, next week. And um, you know, been uh, recharge, reset, reflect, and ready to uh, start all over again for another long year. Mm. Um, I'm looking forward to um, 
receiving an, uh, another seed um, uh, oh, additional congrats. Yeah. congratulations yeah thank you um, <laughs> yeah um, come July you know we'll have uh, our third baby God willing um, and another project is to find a home for my family uh, a house but that's a massive one for this year and nothing's going to change in terms of uh, career wise still going to be in the health sector and uh, on the media and family big you know big time for uh, the family this year um, I'm quite big on uh, um, celebrating my kids to be honest because there's something we didn't get when, when we were um, young mm. and Today, uh, my daughter was playing with um, her brother, doing their own picnic, you know, in the um, in the lounge. Mm. My daughter's only four, turned four last month, and I said to my wife, "When did you understand what picnic is?" <laughs> <laughs> I said to my wife, "When did you uh, hear that word picnic? <laughs> when you were thirteen or fourteen? But for me, as um, it's the way we communicate with our kids now, you know. Um, it's little things like that. Um, our kids, are, I believe, are, you know, they capture every every moment and everything that uh, whatever we say uh, when we, um, you know, argue or disagree on things. Uh, you know, I just encourage our young couples and you know, not to argue in front of their kids. To be honest, because. Oh man, it's, uh, it will have a massive uh, impact on your kids you know, and the way they communicate with you. They may not be open, um, you know, to you because they've seen um, the way you talk to your husband or your or your wife. So um, yeah, when you you know when you um, have a disagreement, there's a moment for for you to sort it out. I'm not saying that I'm perfect because sometimes I just uh, you know um, the anger, you know takes over um you know the person mm. but um yeah fully rely on god you know for me this whole year it's all about budgeting i posted um something up on uh on my page and it's been shared like 500 um and um the post is pretty much about very simple um reminder for our people to put your family first not worrying about what others give and or the amount other people offers, but worry about what is on the table for your kids first. You know, let's do that for this year. Um, it's been um, six hundred and twenty-one shares now. For me, I like putting up a small contact like that because it's the reality, and it speaks truth. Because competition, you know, forgiving is quite massive. In some of our families, you know, we compete with others. Uh, we look at how m the amount other people give, and then oh yeah, let's try and beat that uh, that amount. Even though you can't afford it, if you can afford it, yeah, fine. But if you end up going to the finance to get some <laughs> money to beat that amount, mm. then that's a problem. Mm. Um, always put your family first, your kids, and your <coughs> wife, and then your parents and mm. your and your own family. Mm. Come on, Eddie put that simply a few years ago, and he said it wasn't that. The art of giving was making us broke. It was your ego. And it was it's just your ego, man. If you can mm. say, if you don't have it, you don't have it. And if you can give it, knowing that you're going with, not going to go without, you know? There you go. That's it. 
but see, you know what we just said right there. That's the power of of going into podcasting and talking about the stuff because mm. we were talking about the young generation listening and maybe listening and and learn. Mm. Like you know, our parents, our parents, you know, came from the islands and the island ways, you know, like that kind of stuff. But you know, then now we know because we're living in New Zealand, we know that how how different it is here. Mm. That kind of stuff, like like giving money to the church or giving money to to follow our lovies, or well, that's mm. that's just part of the the culture. But you know, like just to to think about there's other things mm. that you need to prioritize, huh? especially when it comes to your family. Huh? That's right. Mm. That's right. Culture is the most beautiful thing that uh, God blessed you know our country 100. with and our language. But it's uh, unnecessary changes that we've added to it that's making our people suffer, you know. If you look at uh, back in the day, we didn't, we never gave $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 back in the day uh, before currency, you know, came into Samoa. But now, it's uh, we've added very unnecessary. Um, and, and and now it's, it's making us, um, you know, broke, you know, it's making my bank account broke, making everybody suffer. Um, and if we don't do it, then we get, you know, um, caught out, you know, mm. names and stuff, the pride. Yeah. Um, we've got to understand that the decision that we make have a massive impact on the ones that are providing, you know, that are working hard. Mm. Mm. Yeah, well, well um, <clears throat> yeah, I think we'll, I think we'll be sorted out next generations, after generations, because our kids will learn. Uh, mm, our to. kids will our kids will learn the struggle, and then Hopefully. their kids will learn the struggle, and then yeah. and then they'll just even out. I think. Yeah, yeah I believe our forefathers didn't create fight love lovely for the for the hardship and the fact of making yeah. families broke. It was more to share the load. Yeah, and to bring uh, families together and bring families together. Mm. It wasn't. Yeah. It was never the way we've brought it over and westernized it. Is sort of like yeah, yeah, that's what it is. You know? To get a title now, it costs five thousand dollars. Sometimes ten thousand dollars. That's crazy. I mean, it's hmm. unbelievable amount of money. Mm. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> you're a gem, bro, and I know your heart. I know, I know what you work for, and bro, this is one of the most beautiful we're talking stories that I've seen for a long time. Thank you, Rizzo. So when, are gonna, when are you gonna come back at West and make our own uh, radio station out here? Saturday, yo. Saturday, you? Yeah. In the making, Russo. In the making, yeah. Never know. I might move back here. Um, first time uh, I've, I've got to MC um, here, events here, and just and it hits different too, eh? Like just being back here, you know. Homely, that's what. Yeah, being back here and driving around and like you know on Lincoln Road, Universal Drive. Yeah. Oh man, don't oh, park the walk. <laughs> The walk all the way up to Marinovich. Yeah, yeah. So thank you so much uh, for uh, this, for blessing me with this uh, opportunity to come and share. Um, My apologies, you know, if um, something that I've said, um, you know, is offensive to um, our viewers and our listeners. Nah, nothing, nothing's offensive. Nothing. Oh yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I don't have my, I don't have my phone. But yeah, um, thank you very much. May God bless you, um, and hopefully. uh, when another opportunity is presented uh, in the future for me to come back on the show, very happy to. Oh, most definitely, most definitely.
Tak jūsų. 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 Tak jūsų